Hey, what's happening, everybody? Thank you for joining us on another episode of Emerald City Podcast. Thanks for being here, guys. We appreciate it, as always. Got another episode for you guys this week. We had to go back to back because... Why is that? Because you guys deserve it. Okay. We took a couple weeks off. I told you we get a little something extra for you. You know, we're not cranking out the same schedule we used to back in the day. I don't have the stamina for it, you guys, okay? I'm an old man at this point. I'm a washed up has-been that never was. So, but we got another one here for you guys just to keep you satiated and keep you going and uh, again to show you our appreciation for you guys uh, sticking with us and always joining us here. In the house, we have a special guest actually, Marcus. Uh, he took the week off, you know, he's uh, he's got some PTO for the podcast that he's uh, got to use up. So he took the week off. My boy, Darren Birkenbuehl, in the house with me. We were just chatting it up. We nerded out, guys. We we fully nerded out. I mean, you guys know me. I'm into the whole finance. I know everybody else, they fall asleep when they talk about it, rightfully so. Um, I, I kind of wish that was the case. with. Well, I, I don't wish, but I certainly understand for those of you that that is the case. I get it, guys. Okay. I get it. But had him in the house. We mostly talked about the Bitcoin uh, versus gold debate. We got into that thick. Talked about some other topics too, you know, a little bit of topical stuff. There's some stuff that's going on right now that we couldn't really avoid, but it was mostly financial centric. So if that's not something you're into, you guys, I get it. Okay. We're not here to waste your time. Uh, go ahead and just turn this puppy off. If you don't want to hear it, you know, work on your fantasy football team. Uh, try to learn a different language. Hell, maybe even, maybe even spend a little time with your kid. You know, maybe show a little bit of love to the fam. Who knows? Whatever you guys want to do. But if finance isn't your thing, you guys, you're probably going to want to avoid this one. So, again, we understand. And once again, like always, thank you guys for being here. We appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. Hope you guys find this informative. Hope you can um, use this advice to your benefit. This is not financial advice. Keep that in mind, guys. But uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you enjoy. Thanks, guys. No, it's definitely been good and, and the money I've saved is just insane like I mean we were talking about earlier I was just you know spending a hundred dollars a week on anything yeah you know whether it's eating out or you know clothes shoes you know you spend a hundred dollars a week that's you know you do the math it's five grand a year that's, yeah yeah that's, that's a lot of money out of your net pay that's I mean you know even if you're making six figures five grand it's, you know whatever 20th of your money on yeah basically you know something that evaporates in your lungs <laughs> You know. Something that's gonna possibly give you cancer yeah. later. Yeah, I had the I had the opposite problem as far as that went. I was actually I found a way to make it not cost that much. You know, I would buy the shake, 
and yeah. I was just buying like a half of that and yeah. it's not the highest quality you know it's not the stickiest of the icky mm-hmm. but at the, <laughs> at the same time you know it's like I don't want to have that freak out you know if, right, I, yeah, if yeah. I'm smoking too good a shit I'm at this point in my life yeah it's a cost effective you know basis right yeah like, and you, then you, know, and you then, get a half or 20 bucks and it lasts you a week or two weeks whatever then then yeah it's not as big a problem I mean, but... it's lasting me a month and, the th- oh, and, and crazy, it's not yeah. but that's not the issue for me that's fine so that was fine and dandy the thing for me is that I always have some weed around yeah. and it's like, if it's there, I'm like, well, it is socially. And I, I will admit this. I, it is, I do miss that social aspect of just getting together with whoever the boys at the party or in, you know, and, and having a puff and, and sitting around and chatting and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you know, you kind of realize you can do that regardless, but it is, it is kind of like, you know, it's just like having a drink, you know, a social drink. It's, it, you know, you, you, I feel bad for the people who, you know, are uh, sober off alcohol, you know, because it's like, it's such a social thing that to not be able to do it because you have a problem with it is, you know, that, that would definitely be hard. And yeah, and the same with smoking, you know, if you, not that I really would say I had a problem with it, but, uh, you know, you know, smoking every day to go into not smoking, you kind of miss those little, those little, uh, you know, social times with the, with the fun, uh, friends and for you know. sure. I was listening to the radio the other day and they, and they, they were playing, I got five on it yeah. by the loonies, loonies, you know? And I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. You know, that's always one you can, you can, you, you don't mind listening to it, but it was funny. I was just like breaking it down in my head. I was like, so wait, you got like, what you got four guys here and they're going <laughs> to yeah. roll a blunt yeah. and everybody's just throwing five. Like, well, and yeah, that's how, totally doesn't work well, on that well but yeah, <laughs> that's how it was for us though. I mean, that was that point when you're in high school Whatever you're like, dude. Oh, who's got five? Yeah, going on we'll, a dub. And yeah, we'll throw it. You guys all day. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You just roll up a blunt. And you're smiling. You like, know what's funny? Is like, it's like you don't let this guy pass for five bucks, yeah. but it's like, dude, it's like, oh, yeah. like now it's like five bucks. You kidding me? Like that's not even a Big Mac anymore. No, now. seriously. And it's like just let the guy have a you know a fucking hit. And I, I mean, the price of weed has probably gone down since well, then. Well, I was, but, that's what I was just gonna say. It's like, isn't it strange how like a dub or a, an eighth has basically been twenty or forty bucks forever? You know, mm-hmm. right? Like it's kind of like it's. You know the ultimate hedge against inflation, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's some factors stable, in this right? yeah. in this state specifically, but yeah, I mean, you look at it now, yeah, you can get a gram of some pretty good stuff, and it's like twelve, it's like twelve bucks, thirteen yeah. bucks, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like shit. That's the same price that's it was twenty thing, years ago. Yes, that's one thing. You know, with dispensaries, I remember the prices were, you know, they have they've definitely gone through a lot of changes with them. I mean, they used to be, you know, the medical stuff was crazy expensive. I mean, you're talking four hundred dollars an ounce. Now you can go to these same dispensaries. You can buy fifty dollar ounces. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not great, and yeah. some of the stuff looks. I've actually, when I was smoking, I'd go into the dispensary and I'd, uh, I'd send a picture to my buddy, and it was like the absolute worst stuff I've ever seen in my life. And they're selling it in store, and I, would, you know, just laugh at it, like take a picture, send it to him, like, yeah, you know, look at this, look at this junk, like literal, like. But they're not gonna throw it just away. Just trash. Yeah. I mean, it's almost garbage. Like, it's, I mean, I would. Yeah, but they're not gonna throw yeah. it away. They're gonna, if, if nothing else, they're gonna fire sell it. You know, pardon the pun. But <laughs> yeah, or, uh, or you know what they do is they, you know, that's, you know, with the Cardis, they they use pretty low quality stuff with the Cardis, but mm, you know, okay. a lot of it's like the the end trimmings and you know, but once you refine it and you do all the chemical process, I'm sure it's yeah, you're you just put, you're just put a little bit of jet, isolating the um, put a little jet fuel in there too. Yeah, you exactly, know, right. Arsenic, well, all those what things is it, you uh, need. Uh, Butane. Butane. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things where anytime you're talking about stuff that's not particularly good for you, I think a lot of people have a skewed uh, idea of how bad smoking weed is for you. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's, it's good. Obviously it's not good. 
is it terrible? Eh, I don't know specifically, you know. The thing is, is the way I look at it is if you're smoking weed once or twice a day, how many people out there are smoking cigarettes like five, yeah. six, tobacco. six times Dude, a day? Dude, so many guys in my work chew tobacco. Yeah. And that stuff is straight, like, you know, that's so hard on you. And you can tell because when they forget their can, they're like, you know, crackheads are like, yeah. hey, you got to dip, you got to dip, you got to dip, you got to dip. Yeah, I know. And and yeah, you're, you're doing that shit all day long yeah, sometimes, super you know, yeah. so. Well, they actually say that um, uh, that if you smoke cigs and weed, your, can't, your likelihood of, of uh, cancer goes, it's like skyrockets, you really? know. And I'm not sure. And I think actually, don't quote me on this, this is kind of bro science, but I, I think I've read something that it's actually not the smoke per se that's giving you cancer it's actually your the burning of your i think it's called cilia in your throat that that when you heat you like superheat your throat that's actually what's causing the hmm. uh the cancerous effects it's really? not actually the smoke coming into your lungs it's the actual it's the hot heat that that scorches your throat that then causes the damage so interesting yeah that makes sense actually to be honest because like yeah you're it, it's like fire. You're putting fire yes. into your body, basically. Right, and it's yeah. like, yeah, your your body's not used to doing that shit. And it's like, and I, you know, I'm so I'm so so deep down this hole now, you know, that I kind of yeah, sometimes I get a little feelings and stuff. And like, oh, yeah, a lot right. of times yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's probably yeah, it's probably your your um, esophagus or or whatever yeah, that just, is. Just squirt. I mean, it's never it can't be good for you. But yeah, yeah I I, uh, yeah, I I think that the benefits for me of quitting. You know, I've quit since December, so yeah, well, what are we at? Like six, eight months or whatever. Eight months, uh, more than. I mean, it, there's so many reasons that that it's been beneficial for me. I mean, we're talking the money I've saved, the health reasons, you know, the safety reasons. I mean, it's it really didn't take much for me to, to quit. And once I did, there I've almost had like very little, little cravings. As far, you know, mostly, like we said, social, the social uh, times where you, yeah. you kind of go, oh, that would be nice. Like I was out on yeah. the boat. Uh, the other day we were surfing, wake surfing, and uh, my two buddies were sparked oh, up a J. Nice. And you know we're out there at like sunset, and it's like you know just water's flat, sunset, and you know I'm looking over and like yeah it would be nice to take but just just a puff. But then you realize like you know that one puff will probably send you into a spot where you're just <laughs> you know like I said thinking about all the wrongs you've done in your life, yeah, and all the friends you've you know maybe I mistreated my friend in yeah. 2003. Yeah, the one the one time you played a prank on your mom and she <laughs> yeah. fucking yeah, made you, you feel mom, really yeah. bad about it. Yeah. You know, but it, well, and the thing is, like, you're in that moment, and and you still enjoyed ninety seven percent of that moment, really, without smoking that weed. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe it would have been a little bit better, but it's like you still have that moment to look back on. You're like, no, oh, man, this is this yeah, is oh, cool. Yeah, totally. you know? yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of the thing, right? You just kind of, it's like, I mean, really, with any drug like that, you know, the, the good times you have with drugs, and I've had a lot of them, uh, <laughs> you know, are obviously. Uh, not outweighed by the bad times and you know yeah. the good times with drugs you can have them with just being sober or you know let's say soberish right yeah. you know yeah because i'm not a straight arrow might not have, never might not have made the difference a lot of times it really didn't you yeah. know but but you know it's like with anything you know good and bad you know you got to weigh the weigh yeah. the benefits for you and for me right now uh you know smoking has saved me a ton of money i mean like we were talking about i probably spent anywhere from 50 to 150 you know average about 100 a week and yeah. you, you you know you average that over a year you're talking five thousand dollars and as we get older i'm 36 now and uh you know i'm starting to look towards the future you know as a 25 year old you're you're really not going like oh you're invincible well, you yeah, do yeah, this exactly. for you what do this I need forever five grand for you know like yeah. that's just party time and uh yeah you know but then you start to think about you know like 
you put five thousand dollars into anything, whether it be crypto or the market, and uh, with a ten percent return on average, you do the math or the calculators, which they say, and a lot of people say this: you put five hundred a month into uh, a retirement account, ten percent return over thirty years, you have close to a million dollars. You know, and that's five hundred a month, and most people I think can afford that. You know, that's what one hundred and twenty-five a week or one hundred yeah. whatever. Yeah, one hundred and twenty-five a week. Yeah, it's not you know, it's not easy to do, but yeah. I well, mean, it's not yeah, easy if, to if stay you, strict with. No, yeah. I think it's easy to do because really, if you're making decent money, yeah, if you're making thirty grand, twenty, thirty grand a year, yeah, maybe a hundred a week is is tough. But if you're making fifty, sixty, you know, maybe almost close to six figures, I think a hundred a week with some budgeting is pretty realistic. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. For sure, but and that's um, kind of what I tell people. Uh, you know, I'm not the greatest investor, and I've I've kind of just started in the last couple of years. You know, 2017 was the first time I got into crypto. It was the first time I bought uh, Bitcoin, and then you know, I I, I would say I have uh, I am a good person to talk to because I've done everything wrong and right with crypto in the last four years, and, and investing too. You know, I've I bought at a low and uh, sold at a high. I bought at a high and panic sold at a low. You know, I've done, I've literally, you know, and I've learned that lesson and I try to tell people who are interested that, you know, Hey, this is how you do it. You, you, you have to have strong hands and you have to invest slow and steady. You know, you have to be consistent. What I tell people is what can you afford weekly? That's why I use, you know, I bring up 125 a week. Okay. So if you can't afford 125 a week, let's do 50, do 50 a week. And it doesn't even have to be into crypto. I like crypto because, uh, you can buy small percentages of, of Bitcoin with $50 each week and add it up over the course of a year and you mm. get the average price of your Bitcoin over a year. Now try to buy an Amazon stock, you know, that's an A, uh, what is blue chip stock, right? Yeah. You have to save up, what? what is it? I think it's about 3200 3, 3, You have to yeah. save $3,000 before you can even buy one yeah. stock. Although I think there is companies now where you can buy uh, portions okay, of Okay, yeah, share, and I'm which, sure you can, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you're going to buy a part, uh, I don't know, yeah, that's well, so, it's so it, weird it to just me. just getting more people, you know, more yeah. people into but, it, yeah. Yeah, you just need to do something. Just, yeah. just save something, you know, even if it's 25 bucks a week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Especially if you're a twenty year old, yeah. Who cares? That, that shit's gonna add up big yeah, time. Huge. You know, By after ten years, you're gonna be like, holy yeah. shit! Especially if you don't pay, you you can just put it aside. It doesn't even matter. You can put it in a savings account that's gonna get you fucking point one percent interest annually. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. You keep putting twenty five a month, twenty five yeah. a month, and then over ten years, you're gonna have something habit. there. It builds that habit. And mm-hmm. like, so what I've uh, you know to touch on, you know what I've done the last uh, six to eight months with crypto is is I have been putting, you know, a set amount every week into, uh, you know, I have about five coins right now. I have uh, Bitcoin, I have Ethereum, Chainlink, Solana, and uh, Polygon. And I basically... No Doge? No Doge, no. And I have looked at it. And, and honestly, I think it probably, just based on hype alone, I think it would be a decent investment, even at 30 cents, which it's at right now. Uh, but I've just been buying weekly since about December, January... Uh, when it was even at, you know, it was relatively high. I've been, and just without even looking at the price, basically, I'm pretty much putting in a consistent hundred to $300 a week across all coins, you know? So not, not like times five, but like 300 into, I buy $300 with Bitcoin and then I'll convert, you know, a hundred to Solana, a hundred to this, hundred to that, you know, mm-hmm. or just all in Bitcoin. And then the next week I'm buying, you know, $200 of this, hundred dollars of that. So, yeah. uh, but, but really for me, the price isn't, 
the main factor of what I'm buying. Obviously, I'm trying to you know time the market a little bit, but I don't really think you can time the market. It's more about time in the market. You know yeah. that saying. Uh, because yeah. if you look at a lot of the markets, um, only about I think about five to ten percent of people sell at the top of the market. You know, so like for you to be one of those five percent of people, just being an average Joe, like that's not skill. That's just luck. Yeah. So so to try to time that top or time that bottom is unrealistic. What's easier is just go, hey, I can afford this amount per week or per month or per quarter, doesn't matter, you can do it per year. I think weekly is better because you get that average cost of anything over the course of a year, whether it be an Amazon stock, Microsoft stock, Bitcoin, Solana, you know, Ethereum, whatever. Your, it's called dollar cost averaging, I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. You know, your, your dollar cost averaging throughout the year. So if Bitcoin a year ago was, I think, let's say $10,000, and now it's uh, it ballooned up to 65 and then back down to 30 and now back up to 40. If you were to buy at one time, yeah, maybe you got lucky and you bought all your Bitcoin at 10,000 and then it shot up to 60 and now back down to 40, you're still 4X. Or maybe you bought at 50,000 and now you're stuck waiting, you know, to get back even. And that's not a good feeling, right? So I think an easier thing to do, especially for people who don't have 30, 40 grand sitting around to just jam in a market, yeah. whether it be the Dow, the SPY, whatever, I think it's easier uh, on your pocketbook and mentally to just do it small amounts per week because yeah. here's the thing like uh over the course of six to eight months i've probably put in anywhere from uh, you know roughly let's say 15 grand uh if i were to put in 15 grand all at once you know emotionally that's tough right because now yeah. you're like oh like what's my 15 grand doing yeah you know and you're but, a lot more likely to potentially get shook out you know when yes, things go yeah, wrong exactly your you paper, know you know you'll have paper hands because yeah. you're going oh my you know my 15 grand just turned into 10 whereas like if you put in 100 a week you know you really don't miss 100 a week depending on how much you make you know i don't make yeah. a crazy amount but i do make decent money in the construction industry which allows me to put in about you know let's say 100 to 200 to 300 a week and my bills are pretty low uh, you know, but I believe anybody can do that. 50 yeah. bucks a week, 20 bucks a week. I yeah. tell people, you know, my buddies at work with kids and stuff, I'm like, what can you afford? Can you afford a hundred? And they're like, no, no, I got, you know, I got this. And I go, well do, do 20 then do 50 because just do at something. the end of yeah. the year, you know, you're going to have two to three grand in there. And you know, yeah. in 20 or 30 years, you're going to keep doing that two to three grand. And we'll, yeah. you know, we'll see people getting, when it comes to investing and saving money, I think people get in this mindset where, if they feel like they're behind, which honestly, probably the vast majority of people feel like they're behind when it comes to savings. Right. The system's kind of set up for you to kind of always be ch chasing, you know, trying yes. to get that carrot, you know, mm -hmm. just keep going. You're, you're not, you're not quite there. You know, you're almost yeah, feeling, yeah. you're always feeling a little behind, but yeah, you get in this mindset. If you're, if you haven't started or you didn't get going or you're behind, you're like, Oh, well, yeah, it's too late. Screw it's it. Late. You know, I missed my, late. I missed my chance. I missed my opportunity, but yeah. no, I say this all the time. People. It's never too late to do the right thing. Okay. That's totally you know, there's so better true. times than others to do it, but it's never too late. And yeah, you just got to get something going. I think a hundred, I think that's kind of like that break even where it's meaningful, yes. you know, where it's legitimately meaningful. But that being said, 75 a month, that's going to add up too quick. Again, like I said, especially if you're some 20 year old or something, you oh, know, totally, yeah. like the earlier you start the better, but even yeah. at, even at 30 uh, or 35, like we we're just, like I said earlier, you put in 500 a month. Let's even make it 250 a month over 30 years, which is a long time. And that is tough to do. You have to have some discipline. Yeah. But you're talking the reward after 30 years. When you're 65 years old, you're going to have $500,000 mm -hmm. in an account 
you know, in addition to everything else you have, you know, maybe it's your house that you have paid off, uh, you know, your other retirement fund from your job or this or that, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, at our age, I, I, I don't know how many, what percentage, I'd say probably like, hopefully it's only like 10 to 15% of people our age don't have like anything saved. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to think back in the day, I used to listen to Kanye, you know, and I was in our early twenties mm -hmm. and, you know, he had a song. I can't, I can't remember what song it is, but he's got a line in it and it's, I don't want to be broke when I'm 30, ma. Yeah. You know, he's probably like 25 at the time. And, you know, I was like the same, I was young too. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't want to be that. Well, I was, you know, yeah. I, I definitely well, was. And, and, but, at, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, we're 35. You want to get started now? You know, again, I was broke when I was 30. I, I was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to be one of those guys. That'd be terrible. Well, I mean, I was, I mean, I, I could feed myself, but uh, I wasn't really doing a whole lot more than that. You know, than just paying the bills. But now you're 35. If you just want to get started right now, at least after five years or so, maybe you'll have enough to where you can get by for a year or two if something happens. Yeah. Like, okay, you're not going to be ready for retirement anytime soon. No, definitely. Sorry, if you're not just getting the, not in this climate either. No, if, if, if you're just getting started at 35, you got a long way to go yeah. before you're retiring, or you better hit it big quick. But at the same time, it's having a year or two of money saved in case some shit goes down that you can, it's out of your hands. Like you're saying, you're in a job where you can potentially get hurt. Oh, injured, you get yeah. injured. You can't work for a year or two. Like, and not even on the job. I mean, I had friends that they've hurt themselves playing soccer, you yeah. know, and they're out of work. For you were wake, months. you were wake surfing. Yeah. You're yeah. wake surfing, you know, like that's not very dangerous, but at yeah. the same time, though, you you, well, at, at the same time, you could, you could tweak your back or something, you know, wake surfing. It's not impossible. It doesn't take much. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's like, how, would you rather have that year or two of money saved up? to get yourself passed or would you rather just say fuck it and spend every little last bit that you have each month and and that's the thing like people make money all over the spectrum you know like you said there's people that are making 20 30,000 uh, a year and there's people that are making 100 and I almost want to say it's probably close to the same amount. There's probably there's there, there's more of those people who are only making twenty or thirty, probably. But I don't think it's by a ton. And because I I mean my friends specifically, I know a handful of people who are making probably six figures. Yeah. At this point, you know, and and, and we're yeah, not that as old. You get older, it gets you know, and, and it's going to go yeah. keep going up exactly. So you know, I'd say the numbers are pretty close, but you get you you, you got to be putting something away. You got to be doing something here. You know you you have that spectrum of people but everybody the mass majority of people they live right to their means basically you know they live well, to I, I honestly feel like the system's kind of, and I hate to be like big system guy but I, I feel like it's it's being almost set up like that well that's what the because free market it, is yeah. that's the, every individual depending on their situation says hey this is what I can afford and this is what I, the lifestyle like that I can live drives that totally. yeah, but also yeah. Just, I mean that's just the system we have you know the way things are actually set up the, the and, you know we want to talk about inflation we want to talk about price of living you know we are paying more today for everything than our parents were you mm -hmm. know what I mean I mean just the the cost uh, I guess what is it like the you know the the average wage cost versus the average house cost. I mean now mm -hmm. yeah when you look at the when you look at that a, ratio a house, an average house costs probably what 10, 10 15 years of your wage yeah 10, 10 times your salary typically you know what I mean? yeah. yeah you know and back and back in our parents days it was probably days, like one x it, it, right? it was maybe two x it was it was like three it was yeah, like okay, three, three. So, but yeah. still think about that though three like for me we're talking you know. Under 200k yeah, for a house, right? Exactly. You know, exactly. This, where, where are you gonna find that? Affordable. Find that? You know what I mean? We were talking Crescent Bar, and they had a condo there yeah. that was 180 for a one bedroom, and I heard that, and it's a condo, and I was so like, essentially not even your own property. Well, and I, I mean, yeah, 
And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's maybe I can make that payment. Talk to somebody that was that owns one of those condos, HOAs, a thousand bucks a month. Are you kidding me? A thousand bucks a that's month. Insane. Yeah. And here's the thing with HOAs. I was actually just talking to my buddy about this. Um, you know, HOAs are. It's basically. It's it's almost like a non-factor to me, even though that is a lot. A thousand dollars is a lot, but HOAs does pay for new siding every fifteen years, a roof every twenty years, your lawn mowed, your this or that, you know. Mm -hmm. So it does go to something. So it's not, you know, it, it, basically if you're a homeowner, you you should be probably putting away five hundred dollars a month for your home home expenses. You know, a new roof costs. My mom just put a new roof on her house was like twenty or thirty grand. Just got gutters on her house was twenty fifteen twenty grand. Uh, you know, amortize that over. 20 years right that's probably i'm just doing the math real quick maybe yeah, yeah. 250 to 500 dollars yeah now a thousand is excessive you know especially for a condo that you're paying you know you're probably your, your I mean, mortgage is less than a thousand i mean close to, yeah right? exactly 180k if you put some money down yeah what, what's your mortgage like probably, nine, 900 yeah, nine to so you're probably, basically yeah. doubling yeah. your mortgage you know and, and you're and you're right yeah. that's those are big expenses that as an individual in that association you know, you're not going to just get slammed with this gigantic bill, which, yeah, yeah your mom, 30K, you know, it's like nobody plan, nobody really plans on having to repair the the house when they move in or the roof when they move in somewhere. But same time, somebody's yeah, got, forever, somebody's got to do right? it. Yeah. yeah somebody's got to do it. So, so that's, so a, that's a good point. Houses, but, I mean, you're talking, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, because, you know, HOAs, yeah, they are crazy. I mean, my, my buddy lives in a condo. Yeah. And it's, I think, yeah, it's gone up from, I think it was 300 when he first moved in like 10 years ago to now it's like 650. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. kind of like, uh, and you know. they're probably on the brink of another rise here. <laughs> yeah. They're probably working the books right now as we speak. So, but yeah, no, and, that's good. I mean, I, I, I like, uh, you know, and, and I've been very, you know, I guess, and it's, that's kind of the thing with Bitcoin is like, once you get into Bitcoin, you like, you want to yell from the top of the trees, like get into Bitcoin because it's <laughs> actually, top of a mountain. yeah, from the top of a mountain, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's kind of beneficial for me if everybody, you know, if, if everybody starts getting into Bitcoin, it's good for everyone. You know, it's hard to get people on board, but uh, because it is so volatile, you know, we were going to, you know, I guess we could kind of get into it, the Bitcoin versus gold uh, versus markets debate, you mm -hmm. know, and I think we should because, uh, you know, it is, um, it is kind of a hot button issue. And, and here's, and I'll be straight up, uh, I really like Bitcoin, but I also really like uh, store of value in gold in these, in these metals because they historically have been uh, such a good store of value but at the same time if we're talking return on investment you know i just i don't think there is a comparison i think bitcoin blows most of this stuff out of the water and it's still young i mean we're talking 12 years of bitcoin and yeah i mean it's somewhat inflated because you're talking about it started at a penny and uh or less than a penny in some some instances when it was very beginning and and now you're at fifty thousand dollars well it's like yeah of course if you got in at a buck you know your return on investment is absolutely huge Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, and then with comparison to gold, I think I looked up, let me look up a stat here. Um, gold, uh, back in 1980 was $700 an ounce. What is gold at right now? It's like a little less than 2000, right? Just under 18. 18. Yeah. So you're talking about what's that? Two and a half X mm -hmm. in, what is that? 40 years? Yeah. You know, so now give Bitcoin 40 years. We're in 10 years and the, the average return on Bitcoin, I think is just with a quick search is uh, the mean, the mean average return is like 400%, you know, and, and your mean loss is 70%. So yes, there is that, uh, you know, you can have those it's, years that are bad, but I think if you were to average it, we're talking, 
you know, it's it's almost a no brainer for me, anyways. Well, it's all about it's all about the time frame that you're looking at. Yeah. You know, like you're saying, like yeah, you took a time and and you, you just brought up gold in 1980, and that was actually after it had a great it that had nice a big spike, run. Yeah. You know, it went from it went from 35 in 1970 up to almost 800. Yeah. In 1980, so that was like a that was a massive run. You know, but uh, but yeah, it all depends on your time horizon. Problem with Bitcoin is what is the time horizon? We're talking. I mean, how how long has Bitcoin been like popular? Like well, maybe five years. Yeah, now? 2017. I think uh, it basically went from you know non-existent to like over a thousand to then over. Yeah, 10, you know that so, whole year. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it started the year in 17. I think it started around a thousand. Yep. And then yeah, it spiked it up over seventeen. I remember too. For like one day, I think. Yeah, I I, re I remember I remember that day. I was I was working and I just kept checking it, kept checking it every yeah, and every time off. for like five hours. I looked, it was up another thousand bucks. I was just like, this is insane. Every time you looked, another thousand dollars higher, and I was just like, what the hell is going on? But um, but then you look at what happened after that, and then yeah, like and, you said, and, it's like and, that seventy percent. You know, here's the thing: statistics can be mis misleading, and return on investment can be misleading. But I would say that, uh, you know, and this goes back to investment strategy. I think that if you don't have some percentage of your portfolio into Bitcoin, you're foolish. Just as if if you didn't have some percentage of your portfolio in either paper gold or physical gold, yeah. you're foolish, right? Because we're talking about diversification, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be diversified. You want to be in the Dow. You want to be in the spot. You want to have stocks. You want to have Roth. You want to have IRAs. You want to have Bitcoin. You want to have gold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you want to have a house, right? You want to have all these things. Um, and if you break it down to a percentage base, a lot of people who are big investors, they have 1% in Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Because 1%, if it goes to zero, is doing nothing to them. If it blows up, it's going to be profitable for them and then it's they can maybe keep allocate pace, a, a yeah. little bit more uh, yeah. you know and i would say probably more like you would want to have five to ten percent yeah you know because one percent you know if you have billions depends of dollars, on how much one you percent got. is going to make yeah. great returns but yeah. if you have you know if you make a, a hundred grand a year and you put one percent in you know a thousand and, and bitcoin goes huge you're you know you're making maybe you know 20 grand off that thousand yeah. which is good i mean 20 x is yeah is good but that's not life-changing money and i think a lot of people look at bitcoin like it's going to be life-changing money. And that's somewhat of a fallacy because I don't think that um, that Bitcoin will be life-changing money unless you're risking a lot. But I think that... Yeah, see, uh, that's the thing. And that's the thing, like you said. And, and you know, I, me personally, you, you just said you think it's dumb if nobody has any money. I don't have any in crypto at all, mm -hmm. you know. But but I get what you're saying. The 1%, I've heard that from other people yeah. that I talk investing with too. Yep. And, and honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, you know, like... The way I look at investing my money, essentially 10% of my money, in my opinion, at this point in my life, should be invested in stuff that is very risky. Yeah, you know, right. high risk, yes, high you reward. Can make more money down the road. You're exactly. Not, you're you, you, want that, you want that multiplier. You know, you, you, need that, you need that big come up to a certain extent. Now, again, you know, I don't want to bet the house on that big come up. But 10% of your money, if you, like you said, if you get wiped out, it's not going to kill you. But yeah, I mean, they always say diversity is your only free lunch when it comes to investing. And I think to a certain extent, that is definitely true. You know, I don't think you want all your chips, you know, in one thing, all your eggs in one basket. You know, there's a million different metaphors yeah, you can yeah. go with here. But um, yeah, I, I think that's right. And and the, one, the nice thing about the 1% in Bitcoin, I will say, is just one little percent can can get rid of that FOMO. 
you know, yes, that can alleviate so that FOMO. Yep. And, you know, and, and that's something that I have to deal with, not having any money in crypto. I'm always saying, I'm always thinking, fuck, am I getting left behind here? You know, because right. I and, and, and didn't get a piece at all. It is not too late. And Bitcoin isn't the only thing. I, I look at Bitcoin as as um, the, the main, like you should get, I always tell people this, you should get 0.1 Bitcoin. So how much would 0.1 Bitcoin cost you right now? If it if it's at 50 grand, it's going to cost you five grand. Because here's the simple math: there's 21 million total Bitcoins available, right? So that means that um, is it 21? 21 million. Okay. Yep. So that means that the total number of people that could own a minimum of one Bitcoin is what 21 million, right? Yeah. So there's 21 million people total that could own 0.1, or uh, excuse me, one. Now there's 210 million people total in the world that could ever own 0.1. Now that number is actually significantly lower because how many people own way more than one Bitcoin? Yeah. So now we're talking about anywhere, I would say from probably five to 15 million people in the entire world will ever own 0.1 Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to be part of that exclusive club, you should try to work on getting 0.1 Bitcoin. Now, I also say you need to look into other coins. If you're looking as a simple return on investment, Bitcoin at this point would be a good return on investment. If it were, let's say, let's say a, it goes to a million dollars, you're going to 20 extra money. That's great. But some of these other coins, these smaller coins, work like a stock that is a penny stock that blows up to five to ten dollars. Your return on investment on those, while riskier, is a hundred x, two hundred x, three hundred x, even thousand x, right? Um, I think that that the the risk you're taking with some of these smaller cap coins is three things. You either lose one x your money. You put a thousand bucks in, it goes to zero. You lose you lose a thousand dollars. You lose one times your money. And you can't and you can't roll that out. And you can't roll that out. Second option is you either break even on it, lose a little, or gain a little. Okay, so kind of no harm, no foul there. Third option is what? You blow the fuck up, right? You thousand x your money on a thousand bucks, and you make what's that a hundred hundred grand or something, right? Uh, I think the risk of that is well worth the reward of blowing up like that. So, for your situation personally, how much of your uh, wealth would you like to have invested in a diverse group of cryptocurrencies? Well, I can say personally right now, let me see, let me do the math real quick of like my total, like your net total worth. net worth. Yeah. Well, it's hard because my house is paid off. Right. So like my, you know, I have a, my house is worth about 400 grand. It's not a great house, but it's in Silver Lake. It's in a nice area. Um, so if we're not, if we're not counting that, because that's kind of like, you know, real estate is like, I I'm always going to hold on to that. I'm not going to sell it just because that's where I live. And you know, I'm not going to count that as something. Um, I think right now I probably have almost like thirty to forty percent of my of my liquid net worth in cryptos, mm, and really? then I have probably ten percent in my Robinhood or my TD Ameritrade. Okay. Um, so we're talking maybe forty percent of my uh, hmm, liquid. Okay. So close liquid, to half. Yeah, you know, so close to half, and you know, I have my traditional savings. I obviously have my checkings. Um, and my expenses are quite low. So that's, that's where I'm kind of in a, in a nice benefit, but that's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, uh, and, and that's with any real, I mean, you could go buy penny stocks and do this too. The thing I like about crypto is that it's, it's new and we're in its infancy. A lot of people are like, Oh, I missed the wave because it used to be a hundred bucks. And Oh man, I, I remember in 2015, I was looking at, 
you know, Silk Road trying to buy Molly and, you know, you could, you could buy 10,000 crypto co- or uh, Bitcoins for, you know, a hundred bucks and you would have been a multimillionaire. Well, yeah. you know, so what? So a lot of, that's everybody, yeah. you know, there's a million people out there who, uh, I think it was, or you could have, compl- or you could have completely wasted a hundred dollars on something that didn't, that didn't turn do anything. Into, I mean, yeah. and that's why I say about yeah. the small cap coins right now is like, th- that's the same thing. Like, and, and here's the thing too, is kind of off tangent, but to make you feel better about missing the boat is that, so let's say you bought um, Bitcoin at a hundred bucks. You don't think that you average Joe, when that Bitcoin hit a thousand dollars, you would have sold. Of course you would have, you know, it goes a to five, certain portion you, for sure. I mean, I would say man, 10x. I mean, yes, yeah, yes. most people are going to ring the register to a certain extent because you would have seen it go to a, like, especially in 2017, let's say you bought Bitcoin at a hundred bucks. It goes to a thousand. Okay. You're like, Oh, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold. It blows up to 20 K and then shoots right back down to like three or 4,000. You're going to be like, Oh, I should have sold at 20 K and you're going to sell it at three K and you're going to make a huge come up, whatever. But not many people have the forethought or the, I get maybe that's the right word uh, to to hold super long term and go, hey, this Bitcoin thing is going to be a 20, 30 year investment. And I'm looking to cash out in 30 years, not in two. You know, what I mean, not in three. Yeah. So that that's kind of like what makes me feel better about, uh, you know, not necessarily missing the boat, but like, hey, like, you know, for you to have the mental fortitude to hold your cheap Bitcoin as it just blows up a thousand X. You know, to you know, from a hundred to five thousand, and not sell all your coins. Well, you know, most people were going to do that, and most people aren't going to see the massive wealth gain from Bitcoin unless you're a long-term holder. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the smaller cap coins, and I and I want to diversify myself even more into the, into more coins that are even cheaper, because in 20, 30 years, you know, your investment could could hundred x, thousand x, and that's where you really don't need to put in, you know, twenty, thirty grand. You can put in a thousand bucks sit on it for 20 years and, and, and roll the dice and, and yeah, maybe it, maybe it pays off. Maybe it doesn't. But the reality is, is that with that thousand dollars you put in, you can only lose it once. Right. But the reward of holding and being strong and having strong hands, diamond hands, as they say, right. Is a, is a hundred X, 200 X, thousand X. And I think that's totally worth the, worth the risk. Um, Well, you you say that we're in the infancy and I want to come back to that. You say we're in the infancy. We could be in the infancy of cryptocurrency, you yeah. know, or we could be halfway through, or crypto could be on its deathbed. Sure, I mean, sure. you know, we, we don't really know, but unfortunately. In, in terms of money, right? I mean, money has been around forever. Gold has been around forever, right? So when mm-hmm. we're when in relation to those, I guess I'm saying infancy, but you're yeah. totally no. Right. I, and and I'm top, not saying the top could have already hit at 65, and we yeah. might never see. I, I mean, because here's the thing for me: it's like when I look at the Bitcoin chart. I feel like everything has happened in the last four years. You know, we talk about 2017 and that's when it originally took off. You know, yeah, it's been around for seven, eight years before that, but it was on nobody's radar really. You know, like you said, it was these people who... You maybe heard of it once and forgot about it. Yeah, we were spending a hundred bucks or something, whatever on it and just doing their thing. So that's that's what scares me about Bitcoin is, is you look at all of this... You know, there was the set, there was the run to almost 20 back in 17, and then it came down. People stopped talking about it for a while. It got all the way down to, I think it was, I want to say it was 3K. Yep. Got down right, to, yeah. and then it was, it got it back up to about 10. 10, 12, yeah. And then a COVID. year ago, when COVID hit, Smashed then it, it dropped back down to about five. Yeah. So it got flashed. Dude, yeah. It flash. Like, I think it was like, it was less probably, than a week. yeah. And it went from, I think it was right around eight to 12. I can't be exact. I mean, I could look at the chart, but it was somewhere in there, and it went, 
to five thousand dollars. I was literally like you were saying you were watching it go up. I was because I ended up buying a lot on that day. Uh, I bought like seven Ethereum coins mm-hmm. for a hundred and fifty each that day. Now I did sell them at a small profit, and that's what brings me back to you know I didn't have the the knowledge to hold on to these yeah. things long term because I was just thinking like, well, oh, I like, doubled my money. Great. Well, and that was a different time, man. You know, different shit was going on. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like I always say this when it comes to investing. Sentiment is so much more important than you think it is. So much more important. You know, it's like the fundamentals can be perfect. Mm -hmm. A company making a shit ton of money, this and that. If everybody that owns that company gets scared all at the same time, the stock's going to be fucked. Yep. You know, it's going to just completely tank. So sentiment is such a, is is such a uh, crucial thing. More. I mean, that is the stock market emotion. Crypto is no different. It is emotion. It's it's the same thing. And 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 the technical analysis can be there, but you're right. Yeah. And that's the same thing. And that, and again, going back to the last four years with crypto, you know, I look at the chart and 17, you know, big spike up, came back down 18. We had, uh, there was like a mini stock market crash in 2018. Yeah, you know, right. it kind of got swept under under the rug. I think it was, I think it was just. Uh, God, what? I, it had something. I can't. We have to look it up. But I, I think. I think interest. Ra- I think interest rates were going up. I think oh, that's okay, what yeah. it was. Or maybe rumors of. Yeah. Like, yeah, like they had kind of got to a point where we were up to like two and a half percent on the ten mm-hmm. year, which historically speaking is fucking nothing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, nothing we've for been interest at like rates. Six and eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go back to you were talking about nineteen eighty and Paul Volcker, you know, he's jacking him up to fifteen. Oh my god. You know, yeah. but we would I mean imagine But that's what yeah. started it and that's when again that's when Bitcoin took that big hit. You know, that's yeah. when it got down to like three market market went down two and then you look at um, you know you look at COVID and same thing. Market market fastest decline the stock market has ever seen even more 25 or 30 percent one of those yeah. two the quickest it's ever seen it go down that much and you know same thing crypto tanked i look at the gold chart gold was flat at the beginning you know it did sell off a little bit but it actually that's when the run started for gold mm. was right basically when when the market tanked that time so um yeah, so so, so i that. wonder i wonder that's why that's my big concern about crypto can crypto can it survive a financial crisis? You know, if crypto was around in 2008, would we still be talking about it now? I think it can survive, but I think you're totally right in the fact that it it's going to flow with the market because that's just, you know, when people are scared and, and taking money out of places, crypto is no different, right? Now, two things about that. I will say that once, you know, in 10 years, so in 2032, 98% of all the coins will be mined, okay? And in 2140, so like literally out of our lifetime, um, every coin will be mined, basically down to like fraction, you know, because that, you know, the half or the halving of, of crypto uh, halves the rewards every four years or so. So, I mean, you'll get down to the point where like, um, you know, you're having, you know, six to three to 1.5 to 0.75 to, you know, point whatever, you know, point, 0.325 or this or that, yeah. So like, uh, you'll get down to such a small point that basically every coin will be mined. You know, and it'll it'll take a while. But the point being is that in ten years, when ninety eight percent of all coins are mined, we will see Bitcoin. In my opinion, will we we will see a stability of the price, right? Because everything's going to be in circulation. You're basically every all the coins will be owned by people, and they won't have uh, these miners won't have these large stashes of coins that they're going to need to sell off in order to uh, pay their operating expenses. Now there'll still be miners because they're still gonna be getting rewards for solving uh, 
the, the equations for transactions. So if I want to set in, in 10 years when 98% of coins are mined and I want to send you Bitcoin, well, the miners are going to just still be responsible for validating those transactions and they're still going to be getting rewards uh, in Bitcoin for those transactions. So they're not going to be, it's not like, you know, once everything's mined, okay, shut down the miners and go home. It's That's not what's going to happen. And I think that uh, we're going to see the price stabilize at that point. Now, I will ask this question kind of a different direction. Uh, do you think that there is a better chance of Bitcoin being the reserve currency or gold or going basically going back to the gold uh, reserve currency, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think... I think uh, when it comes to that, I think there's no question. I think it's got to be gold, you know. And here, here's the thing. When you talk about gold, gold has been money now for about 3,000 years, you know, give or take. Maybe a little bit longer, maybe not quite that long. But it's been money for a long, long time. And if you think, I feel like if you think that Bitcoin is going to become the new standard, then you need to also think that our financial system is going to completely change, you know, at some point in the near future. And I'm not saying that's impossible. Yeah. I'm certainly not. I just, I look back at Nixon, you know, changing the exchangeability of the dollar for gold. And he said it when he made that change, he said, this is only temporary. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, you know, part of the way he sold it, obviously. But uh, I, I, I think there was truth behind that, you know, whether he knew it at the time or not. But um, yeah, I, I just think you look and you look at like poorer countries in the on, throughout the world, and it's like, what the hell is Haiti going to do with Bitcoin? Like, how how are they well, going mean, to get their Bitcoin? We've already seen some of these countries though, you uh, starting to use Bitcoin as like, well. No, I I, I I and I'm not saying that's not the case. Yeah, El Salvador, you know. But they, I get it. You know, the, the thing you know is, how's ha how's Haiti going to get there? Are they just going to get are they just going to get fucked and they're going to be out of the financial system for the world? You know, well, it's like anybody a lot of people anybody are can unbanked, get though. A lot of people are unbanked, and so I think, but a lot of people have cell phones, right? I mean, I think there's 3.5 billion smartphones or something like that out there right now, and all of them have the capability of holding and transferring Bitcoin. And I think that I, I it's kind of a, I'm kind of sitting on the fence with the re reserve question because mm -hmm. I could see gold being the reserve currency because it is such a staple, and it's been around for so long, and we were once on there, whereas Bitcoin... We, we've never, that's never been the reserve currency. But I think if you look at Bitcoin as a whole and where it is going, especially with large institutions getting in it, countries getting into it, and retail getting into it, you know, I think that there is a very good chance that that as time goes by, we, we see the benefits and the, you know, the basically the benefits of using Bitcoin as a reserve currency, and especially as countries adopt it, uh, you know the the portability of it is there you know mm -hmm. and and I think what we need is yes the price to stabilize in order to to gain that uh you know yeah because yeah. you can't have those kind of fluctuations no you you're can't gonna... the volatility is is yeah. crazy right now I mean even today you know it goes up and down ten percent in in days you know and yeah. that's Let, it'll do that in an hour a lot of yeah, times you yeah. know still i mean so, it is quick for and, sure. and and you're right and people don't make this case for gold really that often to be honest even the bugs don't yeah. but that's the reason that you can't have a gold standard is the state is the stability of it yeah you know gold is stable uh 
I think we get what two percent increase in supply annually in okay, gold. Yeah. I think yeah. it's something around there, two percent. But um, yeah, the the, st the stability is the whole reason, you know, for gold. It's you know what to expect from it. You know, we're, there's only a certain amount. And the nice thing about gold is once you mine gold, once you have it. You always have that gold. Yeah, it doesn't you know, matter. you it could be on a ship Melting that wrecks down, in the middle yeah, of the ocean, right. is and sitting in the bottom of the ocean for five hundred years. Some guy dives down there, gets that gets that treasure chest, yep. pulls it up, and it's the same as when it was down there before. You know, and and that is stability, and it's you you can count on that. Now, what you know? happens with when the because right now the cost of mine gold is about a thousand dollars an ounce and it's and it could and it could go up because you know commodity prices are going well, up that's taxes true. are going what up about technology making it way cheaper you know what if what, what if kind of technology what kind of technology are we talking i mean just advances in technology of mining you know what i mean getting more efficient using more efficient machines mining. that Instead of human labor, using machine labor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm just saying like we know technology advances like what is it double every 18 months? Is that is that what it is? Or 30 percent every 18 months? Something like that, right? As long as the in, as long as the barbarians don't invade and pillage your city, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. and so so I guess because I have heard this argument too is like we have a lot of gold in the oceans, we just don't know how to mine it. Right, so what happens when the technology it probably is? That's crazy. To think of how much yeah, I mean, exactly it is. Right, but there, you know, there's some. Trillions. You know, there's a certain amount. Yeah, you I'm know, there's sure, yeah. you know, there's twenty, thirty, forty chests just full of gold coins yeah. somewhere down there. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, and you are right because you know, as fossil fuels uh, get more expensive, I mean, right now we're seeing you know that that might be why you know it is getting more. More expensive to mine gold, right? Is that labor? You know, labor is a bit. Labor is a big yeah. factor. But I guess machinery. My point you know, is that yes, like as technology improves greatly, what if we make a, a leap in mining technology? Now, I'm, now maybe the chances that isn't very high, but if it becomes super cheap to mine gold, well, that price is just going to come down, right? Yeah. So yeah. it is. Uh, you know, I guess we that a little bit about what is what is I mean, that's what I mean, about is I mean, well, and is. well, no, but I mean that's the supply side of things as far yeah. as gold goes. You know, yeah, if there's a huge supply of gold that hits the market all of a sudden, yeah, I mean that's gonna that's gonna push prices down for sure. But uh, and I hear what you're saying. I just I just feel like most of the easy gold to mine has been found at this yeah. point after you know four or five hundred years of. Obviously, 500 years ago, the technology wasn't great, yeah. but it wasn't nothing either. Was you know, they had they had gold, they yeah. had refined that process yeah. a little bit. You know, some people had put enough thought into that where okay, where they were it was starting yeah. to get efficient. Yeah. You know, so and yeah, and and yeah, and, and open pit mining is never easy, right? I mean, you look at the scale. Uh, oh, you know, you God. can have machines and trucks, and which they do. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just saying, like maybe there's something that we haven't discovered yet. Or machines, or efficient, you know, ways of efficiency that we haven't yeah. utilized yet because of this or that, um, that would bring the price from a thousand to five hundred, you mm -hmm. know, and then and then, you know, your price of gold is falling. And like we said, you know, from the nineteen eighties, and we can talk time frame. I mean, I think if you look at like the nineties, gold was significantly less. I think it was like a hundred bucks an ounce, right, or something. Maybe I'd have to look at the chart, but it was. I think in two thousand, it was significantly like, cheaper than it was in nineteen eighty. Yeah. And, and now we're seeing, you know, so instead of that four yeah. X, we're seeing like a ten X, you know, eleven, twelve X, which is right in line with Bitcoin right now, because a lot of people have Bitcoin at right around five hundred to a million million dollars a coin within the next ten to twenty years. Mm -hmm. So if you bought one coin now, you know, you're seeing a twenty X return 
Yeah. Which is great. I mean, that's a great return on your investment. If you put yeah. 50K in something and get a million dollars out, you know, in 20 years, I think anybody would be happy with that. Yeah. Well, that's the investing environment we're in these days, too. The reality of it is people, everybody's trying to hit a home run. You know, nobody's out there investing, trying to hit singles and doubles. Everybody mm-hmm. wants a home run. They want to knock it out of the park. They want that 10 bagger. They want that 20 bagger. Yeah, that 100x, that, that, that and, don't have to work again money, yeah, which is so and, hard. I mean, and that's where it's like 5% of people are selling at the top of the market. 5% of people, probably 1% of people are are hitting that home run with any investment. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very it's very rare. Let's it's incredible. options. It's incredibly <laughs> rare. And, and, that's, and that's one of the things I will say where Bitcoin and cryptocurrency – blows gold out of the water yeah. is the sexiness of it yes. is that chance to you know hit a 10 bagger you know nobody think nobody thinks about gold because they want to make 10x i mean those people don't exist yeah. that's not a person you basically want to keep your money and then some you right? want to you want to save your purchasing power yeah so so bitcoin is definitely way ahead of gold when it comes to that no question because it, it's not you know I, i'm heavily invested in gold. it's not fun yeah. It's not like cool and yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know, like, 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 look at my bars. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it, 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 feels, it feels nice to have it. It feels nice to be like, ooh, no, okay, yeah. that's, yeah, that's something there. Yeah. It feels nice, but it's not like fun or exciting yeah. at all, you know? And so, and so I, I get that. I understand that. And, and it's not new. And for a lot right? of people, they yeah, need that. that. The new, newness of yeah. Bitcoin is. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people need that. They need that excitement, yeah. you know? Because it's, because like I nerd out on this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like the one thing where I kind of like go deep on is like finance and markets and shit. Yeah. But most people, their fucking eyes glaze over when you start yeah. talking about this shit. Right, yeah, they yeah. don't care. They don't. Because they know? haven't done it. And that's why, you know, I've been involved in investing. And I started out with crypto in 2017. I diversified into uh, you know, Robin Hood trading options, mainly due to my buddy Christian, who you know, who's helped me out a lot with, uh, you know, markets and, and kind of getting a strategy because that's really what it is, is a strategy and mm-hmm. being consistent with what you want to do. Um, and I will say one of the, kind of the last thing, maybe we can move on from Bitcoin because I think we've touched on, our, you know, most of what we've, we got. I think that, uh, or not, not think sorry, but uh, um, if you've held Bitcoin for four years and we've talked about that four year cycle. If you've held Bitcoin for over four years, you have never lost money. And in fact, you've made substantial money in that four-year cycle. And really, you can almost break it down to a year, you know, years and like two years. You know, if you've held, if you bought two years ago, you're up considerably. You know what I mean? So if you bought one year ago, you're up big yeah, time. Yeah. And so I think uh, you just have to, you have to have a strategy when you enter into any investment. If mm-hmm. you are trading options, let's say, and I've done this and I know this, if you trade options and you don't have an exit strategy, you are always going to lose. And if you don't have a strategy, yeah. you're always going to lose because what's going to happen Yeah, because you're, you're on the clock when option, you're buying options. You're going to buy an option. It's going to blow up. You're going to be at 10x and you're going to go, oh, well, what if it goes to 20x? I better not sell. You know, and then it dips and it goes to 5x, you know, and you're sitting there with your option and it's like at 5x and you're like, well, it was just at 10x. Let me wait till it gets to 10x and I'll sell because I'm, I'll be happy with that. And then guess what happens? It goes to 2x and then you're waiting for it to go back to 5x before you sell. Yeah. And so, if and you the just, clock's ticking yes, the entire yes. time. So what this you is all need, going and on. just like with anything with Bitcoin, you know, most people are long-term holders. Some people are freaky long-term holders. Like they say, like, I'm going to pass this to my kids type money. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to have a goal. And if your goal is like, let's say, you know, right now my goal is with my investment, I want to pull out at double because I'm at about 15. I'll probably invest a little bit more, get get about 20,000. If I double that, that's 40. 
that will allow me to put a down payment on my new construction, right? So that's what I'm trying to do. And then I will reaccumulate coins at any price once I pull out and I double up. So like, let's say Bitcoin goes to 100K, my portfolio of 15 grand will be worth like 40 to 50. You know, pretty good come up. I'll be able to use that $50,000 to, um, to put a down payment on my new construction house where my current house is now, I'll bulldoze it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not to get into the details of that. But then I will reaccumulate Bitcoin and other coins at, at that price. Doesn't matter, I don't care if Bitcoin's at 100K. I will start weekly buys at 100K and if it drops significantly, guess what? I'm gonna keep weekly buying. And if it goes up, I'll keep weekly buying. So it's kind of like, if you. my point being is if you don't have a strategy for your investments, you're always gonna lose because you're yeah. never gonna think it's good enough mm -hmm. and you're always gonna worry about, oh, am I pulling out too early or yeah. am I pulling out too late? Yeah, and it, it, you just you can't time the market unless you're this like savant or you have all these technicals that you live live and die by. You're just you're not going to pull out at the end, or you're yeah. not going to pull out at the right time. You need to you need to always have an exit strategy. That's 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 definitely something that you need. Every time you go into it, you need to be thinking of that mm -hmm. beforehand. Totally. Because yeah, you're right. And we talked about sentiment and the euphoria and the fear. You know all this stuff. And, and yeah, it changes the way you think when you're at the top. And things are going great. You're like, holy shit, man! This could just... Who knows how long this could keep right, going yes. great for? Oh my god, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so enough. I'm I so smart. Yeah. I fucking nailed this shit. Yes. Of course I knew what I was doing. Yeah, of course I knew <laughs> yeah. this thing was gonna blow up. That's Obviously, totally right. why would I sell now? Yeah. So yeah, you gotta you gotta have that shit outlined Bumble before you even get into ways. it. It works, and when even when you're making money, you you know you don't want to sell too early because you might make crazy money. Yeah. You know? Oh, you might so. it might have just been just been beginning. Yeah. So I'm gonna let me let me make my case here for gold yeah. for just a moment, you know, before we tie a bow on this. And 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 I want to start off by saying, you know, like you said, the one percent strategy. Like yep. I have no problem with that. You know, I don't have I don't have any yep. I don't have any confidence in cryptocurrencies. I'm not gonna lie to you. But putting one percent of your money in it, I have no problem with that. That's fine. You know, like you said, that's almost like a hedge, you know, in case just in case something happens and if something doesn't happen, you're gonna get wiped out. That being said, the case for gold, in my opinion, is like I said. I, I started off I already said this, but it's been it's been money basically for three thousand years. You know, you brought up the stability; it's stable. You know exactly what you're getting. You know the denominations. This is an ounce. This is a gram. This is a kilo. You know, it's all straightforward. You know exactly what it is. Crypto scares me right now, especially right now, because I feel like the government is getting ready to start cracking down on this shit. You know, I feel like they and 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 here's the thing: when they when they'll crack down on this, they'll tell you it's for investor safety. They'll say, "Oh, we, we wanted to protect investors." The Fed they'll change the rules because they wanted to protect and we wanted to keep you safe. When really that's just the way government steals your rights, your individual yep. liberties. Yep. Is they say, "Oh, we're, we're keeping we you safe. We're keeping you safe. Yep. We don't want you to get a cold." Okay, so you got to put this mask on, and then you can't go in these certain places, and you can't go to work yep. and because those we're who keeping you safe. Safety over rights will have neither. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a very important line. But but yeah, and and you know, I'm not going to say that there's no chance that the government is going to try to confiscate gold. Uh, you know, crazier things have happened. I mean. Uh, FDR tried to do it, yep. you know, like it could certainly happen. Here's the thing. You want to come to my house? You show up with some guys with guns. Okay, fine. Uh, good luck finding the gold. Right. Yeah. 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 Do your, I don't have any, you know, yeah. no, you buy it with cash. Do, yeah. do, do your worst. See if, see if you can come up with it. I dare you, you know? And it's like, that could backfire on me. You know, I could end up dying in a fucking car crash and you know, this buried treasure it just, nobody even knows where it is, and it just sits there for you know. And when you sell your house, like you said, until they until they bulldoze money. this yeah. place and they're fucking t doing it, yeah. and yeah, maybe somebody comes, you know. But uh, 
but yeah, good luck, good luck confiscating my gold, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, and we got some fucked up shit going on the second they're sending people door to door to steal your gold from you, you know, and pay you. It's eighteen hundred dollars an ounce. Okay, we'll, we'll pay you twenty one. How about how about twenty? Oh, yeah, how about twenty one hundred? You know, yeah. you're making money of, of basically yeah. your money. Yeah, you're right? making money, and then yeah, and then five years later, it comes back to the market and it's worth ten thousand dollars an ounce now. You know, on a on a, like you said, like a, on a global standard. So uh, and and for me, gold does the best in times of turmoil and crisis. And I think most people right now look around at the situation and see that we probably have some tumultuous times ahead of us in the near and a little bit longer term future. You know, I mean, you know, again, you you want to talk about Biden. I mean, you look at all this shit like like do the people that even voted for this guy, do they even think that things are going good? Or well, that we're in a the, good place? The denial is do they a have powerful any, thing. Do they have any confidence at this no, point? You can't. I mean... Do you, what? you need a refresh there? Oh, yeah. Yep. Good. Yeah, right, no, yeah. But the, I, I do want to get on the Biden stuff because, you know, I was never in the camp of uh, Trump. Trump's our savior. You know, I almost hated those people because, <laughs> you know, as much... Like, I'm in the camp of I don't like Trump. I don't hate him. And, in fact, I'm very impartial to what he does because I think... Uh, I think most presidents are basically the same to a degree. Uh, you know, I kind of don't like saying that because, you know, policies are radically different. You know, I, a big thing people would say is like, uh, you know, Trump was in president and, oh, well, the success is because of Obama's policies. But, you know, Trump's and Obama's policies are completely different. So how can that be true? You know, but I, I guess I want to preface, you know, saying that, like, I never thought Trump was the savior. But at the same time, you look at how the media treats treated trump versus how they treat biden and if you can't see the bias and difference there then you are just uh what's the word help me out then you are just a, you're lying you're, you're completely lying to yourself biased, yeah. and you're biased and you simply are in denial mm-hmm. uh just look at one press conference between trump and the media and you know the the reporters and biden and the media and the reporters I mean, they're talking about chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream with Joe Biden. Oh, oh, whoa! <laughs> and and they are yelling at Trump in a media pre- in a press conference. They are yelling mm. at him straight up, arguing and, and coming at him, coming hard. at him hard. And he's holding his own. And you know, I don't think Trump is uh, special. I mean, you, let's face it; he was a reality TV star not but five, ten years ago. Mm. Uh, so I don't think he's our savior. But at the same time, I do think he values our freedom, and I do think he was more competent than Biden. I don't think that's really a, a shocker statement, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, Trump, you know, he's, he's this, he's that, he's stupid, he's ignorant, he's blah, blah, blah. But like, if you really break down what he said, he never really said anything that bad. You know, people want to bring up, oh, he, uh, you know, he said, uh, what do you say? Oh, he, you know, they're sending said our worst. you're going to inject him with Lysol. Yeah, yeah. There's, and, and, you know, they're sending our worst. And it's like, dude, he was talking about MS-13 gang members. He wasn't talking about your average spanish or mexican immigrants uh he what he was talking about that M- the gang members are not sending their best people over here and that's true i mean the, you know uh people who are crossing the border illegally are already at criminals they're at they're they're literally committing a crime yeah you know yeah and so, it doesn't mean you're necessarily a bad person okay no, a lot of those people person. are wanting to come over for good reasons yes but yeah, you have entered. You have entered this country uh, under I mean, criminal circumstances. Yes, we can't do that. You know, you can't. No. You can't try immigrate. to go to try to go to Japan and, and, and the live there. The bottom line is, is that America uh, brings in. I think it's like a million immigrants a year. That's more than any country 
in the world by far. The, you know? the biggest migration of people in the history of mankind by yep. far. Not not even close, you know. But it's never enough, though. That's no, the problem. No. It's, it's never going to be enough, you know. Again, yeah, we take more people and in each year. And that's kind of a true statement because, you know, hey, the South American countries and other places, you know, uh, European countries are it's tough, right? I mean, those are bad living conditions. So of course that, you know, you accept a million. Well, we probably could be accepting 5 million, right? That, yeah. Of needy people, yeah. you know? And I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that, but... No, and that's the thing. It's like, it's not necessarily anything against these people specifically. There, A lot of these people are just looking for a better life for themselves. Like, even with the situation in Afghanistan, yeah. like, yeah, it's bad. Okay, a lot of people want to get out. A lot of Afghanis want to get out. No problem. A certain portion of those people are economic migrants still. Yeah. Those people just, they want a better life, you know? Yeah, the Taliban, they don't want to be a part of that, no question. But at the end of the day, they just want better life. They want some nice things. They want to have running water. They want to have electricity in their home. Just basic, sh- basic shit, shit that we yeah. completely take for granted, oh, totally. you know? But at the same time, if we bring all these people in and then we put our system to the point where it can't handle it all... Then we're all gonna be yeah. Then it does then, nobody then, good. Yeah. Yes. Then we're all gonna be screwed here. Okay. It's not not it's not about them being bad. It's about us protecting what we have here. You know. And that's what gets me about the current state of things now is that so many people take what we have for granted, and you know they just and they're so they just think it comes. They don't. You know, it's like nothing. We, it's like we do nothing good except uh, America has been. It is the greatest country in the world, and we've literally made. What like basically we've made more rich people. Uh, I guess maybe that's not true because China has like more billionaires. But we've brought more people out of poverty. We've given people a better standard of living than any other country in mm-hmm. in this world. You know, yeah. and you can argue, oh well, Denmark, oh Sweden, uh, you know, oh you mean these like ninety nine percent homogeneously white countries? I mean, come on, dude. Hey, it, it's hey, like, hey, Darren, it be, whoa. It could be ninety nine homogeneous uh, black people or Spanish people when you have a ninety nine percent homogeneous culture. Things are easier. In America, we are a literal melting pot. Yes, mm-hmm. we are still predominantly white. I think it I think they say it's about sixty five percent white. I don't even know if it's that high anymore. And but yeah, well, but it's never in two thousand I think it was it's last, never been lower though. Yeah. You know? So I mean you're still talking about we but have it is a majority. Percent black. It is a majority. We have uh, you know, I think it's like fifteen percent Spanish or twenty percent Spanish, and then we have a large Asian culture too. I mean, mm-hmm. there are just different needs and that is yeah. the problem is that we have so many different needs and a lot of different uh, what socioeconomic needs, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and and so it's definitely and it has tricky, nothing to right? do with and it has nothing to do with racism either. People will want to say they'll blame it on racism. They'll right. say that's the yeah. problem, but it has nothing to do when you see when you live in a neighborhood and everybody in that neighborhood looks exactly like you. There's a certain level of trust that goes along with that. Okay, tribalism. you understand it is it's tribalism. It's it's back to our monkey brains. Yeah. I mean, you know, might not be a good thing, but that's how it goes. Yeah. You know, you know what to expect. You have an idea of those people. You know what to expect about them, and you know we all the time. You know, we sit and say, "Oh, black people, they want to see people that look like them." People that look, and it's fine in that situation, but. Living in a neighborhood with people that look like you, you know, if you're a white person, it's like, oh, Jesus, yeah. oh, God. But, yeah, but you're, you're right. There's some, now, yeah. But there's something that goes along with that. And it, people just, they get along better, you know, yep. for, for better or for worse. It's not about, it's not, it's it's neither really. It's just the way things, it's just the way that people act. But um, also you're talking about, uh, you, you know, a situation where we've brought more people out of poverty. We have. And this country, yeah, people want to always shit on this country constantly. Oh, we're so terrible for this. We're so terrible yep. for that. This country is responsible for more good for the world than any other country 
by far. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe we've we've done some bad shit too. Yeah, no perfect, question about that. Never will but be. but the good outweighs oh, the far, bad three far. or four three or four thing. x. It's not necessarily even that the good outweighs the bad, which it does. I do, I agree, but. We here in America, you have the same chance as everybody else. There is no law that says that this person can't do what this person does. It just boils mm-hmm. down to a little bit of luck. I'll definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Staying out of trouble, mm-hmm. getting your education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about keeping keeping the family intact. Yep. Right. I mean, simple things that you know it's tough now for. Uh, people growing up in fatherless homes. I mean, we can be real about it. Like it is, it's not even a racing. I mean, white and black are being affected by the same thing. And when yeah. you break the numbers down are pretty the similar. family structure, that's what that's what puts people in uh, disadvantaged situations. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, I mean, there it's, is it's economic single... privilege here. I don't believe in this whole white privilege. You know, uh, because it just you're 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 identifying something that's invisible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there is no law and there, you know, America is less racist now. I would say, you know, maybe people could challenge us because, you know, I do think a lot of it is perspective. Mm-hmm. Me as a white person, I don't see a lot of racism because I don't participate in it, and I'm not uh, someone that is being affected by it. Now, I have had, uh, you know, I did just have um, my first interaction with someone being racist towards me, and I'll tell you the story. I was at um, a Colombian. Uh, it was when all that violence was happening in Colombia, maybe four months ago or something like that. I was there with my girl and we were at the rally in, at the space needle, a Colombian guy comes up to me and goes, what are you doing here? And I go, Oh, just, you know, sporting my girl. Like we're just, you know, sporting, sporting Colombia, whatever. He goes, well, you're white. Why, why are you here? You shouldn't be here. And I go, what would you say? I'm white. And he goes, he goes, yeah, you're white. Like, you shouldn't even be here. You don't know what it's like. And I go, are you drunk? Because I could smell alcohol in his breath. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, yeah. And I go, good for you. Fuck off. And, like, literally just, he, he didn't say anything after that. But it was like, it made my blood boil even just that little interaction. So I do sympathize with, you know, people when they experience racism because it is a lot of perspective. Now, I'm here saying as a white person, I don't think we're, I think we're less racist as a country. Somebody who experiences racism on a weekly, monthly, daily basis, whatever, might disagree with that. But mm-hmm. I think if you look at the totality of the country, we are less racist. We're more, um, what's the word? We're more uh, like accepting. We're way more accepting of different races, creeds, yeah. sexual orientation, preference, all that stuff. And I think if you look back 40 years ago, 50 years, 60 years ago, I mean, it's a no-brainer. We are definitely less racist yeah. than we were before. And but how come people? How come everybody's saying things are just as bad as they were back then, though? We had, I mean, we had we burned down half the cities in the country last year because, as NPR put it to me, we had this racial awa- awakening right. or this racial reckoning. You know, it's like, yeah. This isn't this isn't the Jim Crow South. This isn't 1970. And if we're talking about the world as a whole, this is the people people on the left hate when I say this. They hate people in my family hate when I say this. This is the least racist country in the oh, entire for world. Sure. The least for racist sure. country. and less sexist. Yeah. You want to talk yeah. about? I mean, you want to talk about women's rights? Mm-hmm. We don't even need to bring it up. But let's yeah. let's go to some of these Middle Eastern countries where. You know, I mean, and and these poorer countries where women are just treated like absolute They're second class citizens. Trash. And yeah. it's so sad and mm-hmm. scary to think what some of these women are going through. Yeah. You know, you talk I mean? you talk about Colombia, you know, you you guys are rallying for the Colombia. My girls from Peru 
And you go to Peru, and there's a lot of areas where black people are still treated like slaves. Oh, yeah. They're still treated like slaves. They might not be slaves, technically. Yeah. But, but they're treated second like second class, third yeah. class. You're nothing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're below us. Yeah, and the you darker know? you are, they yeah. treat you worse. And that even I even see that with people I work with. I work with a lot of Mexican dudes. And the darker you are, they literally make fun of each other yeah. if you're darker. Oh, yeah. And, and that's not me. That's them. And then it's like... You know, it's funny. They have that They have yeah. that meme, you know, where it's Peter Griffin and he's TSA. Oh, yeah. And it's the color scale system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that color scale system, a lot of Latin American countries have that scale system yes, to it. You're sure. right. The, the darker you are, people are like, fuck, man. Look at this fucking... You know? And so it's like, don't sit here... And, and, and that's what kills me, too, because when you hear people talk about how bad we are and how much we suck, yeah. it's all these people who have never gone anywhere. No, no. They've never Literally. been to a foreign social country. They've never seen how warriors, it is other people. Social media yeah. warriors. They, they've, they've, they've gone to Vegas a couple times. They went to California once. Right, yeah. Maybe to Disney World. They've never gone anywhere. No. They've never seen any of this shit, you know? But they're going to tell us how terrible it is here, you know? And it, and it just fucking kills me because, again, it's like we have, we brought in the most amount of different people in the history of the world. You know, maybe the Roman Empire at one point had, I don't, I, I yeah, I mean, you're talking, yeah, it's so far, I mean, you're historically... I mean, maybe, yes. maybe they were close. Yeah. Maybe they were close to as much as us. I don't know. I don't have the statistics, obviously. I don't think anybody really yeah. has the exact ones. And we can ones. generalize a little bit. Here, yeah, you know? but they, they, I mean, and they did bring a lot of different people in. You know, that was thing. You know, they went to a, they went to an area, they fucking killed a bunch of people, fought everybody, and then they're like, okay, you guys yeah, want to be part of the group? You guys want to be part of the group? You guys want to be part of the group? Okay, yeah, Which we'll get is, you in and, now. And that's a great point, because that is literally, throughout history, that is how... Countries have been formed and countries have been taken over and countries have been uh, born through the history of time. I mean, really, it's one person comes in, they take it over, right? They destroy, they pillage, they whatever, they set up their camp, and then it moves on from there. So, you know, I love the argument. People are like, well, you know, America was taken from this and taken from that. And it's like, so was every country. Every country. I mean, every country. Look, China's still doing it right now, right, with Taiwan. I mean, they yeah. are trying to, I mean, they still, they, you know. Yeah. I mean, how does, I mean, how does that work? If you're the first there, then it's yours. Yeah. You got forever, dibs. Forever, forever, yeah, right? For, yeah, forever, right? Yeah, you don't Z's. have to defend it. And, I mean, you know come what I mean? on. That, that, that's never how it's, and that's what gets me on the whole slavery thing, too. You know, everybody asks, like, slavery is America's original sin. And right, like, yeah. No, 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 no. 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 It we actually started we, in the Middle East, right? Yeah. We, or in yeah, Africa, Africa. Yeah, no, from the Middle East, because it yeah. was it was uh, Slavic people. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's where the word slave comes from. Okay. So it was actually white people who, technically white people, you yeah. know, you consider today, who started slavery, but... Yeah, it's like, we didn't start that shit, okay? We ended it. We ended it, So yep. let's not forget and that, okay? I'm not saying we deserve a reward. No, no, no. I'm not saying we deserve a reward, yeah, but let's keep that in mind. Let's keep guy. let's keep that in mind. And yeah, like you're like you're about to say, yep. 600,000 or so close to it, white people died so that we could end this shit, okay? Yep. So and let's not forget about that. Over. I mean, and that, if you think about that, five 600,000 people of that population back in the day... I mean, you're talking how you're many talking people like 5% would that be? probably. You know, maybe maybe not quite that, that much, now? but... You know, millions yeah. and millions of people fighting yeah, yeah, for exactly. a cause. Yeah, you're, you talking three so. or four, you're talking three or four million people dead, you know? Yeah. We're, we're freaking out about fucking corona because 600,000 have died in this country, allegedly, allegedly you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, luckily, we eradicated the flu last uh, flu season, you yeah. know, but... Well, and it's uh, just, it goes back, if you really want to, it's the politicization of, uh, of, this, of this presidency. I mean... You want to talk COVID, I, I saw um, a compilation the other day on YouTube, because that's the most verified source, of course. Uh, <laughs> That'd but be it, true. But, it, I mean, it's video, so it, it is what it is. It's not out of context. That's how people have, consume these days. You have Kamala Harris, you have uh, Cuomo, right, and you have Joe Biden, 
basically saying, and Kamala Harris said this, you know, the uh, if if Donald Trump tells me to take this vaccine, I'm not taking it. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden, who's going to take the first jab? I'm not. You're not. Who's going to take it? Cuomo saying, you know, we have never trusted the FDA with this stuff. And then all of a sudden, six, eight months later, a year later, when they're in presidency, it's it's all good now. It's, it's perfect. Like, yeah, no, it's like, yeah. Like Trump one, one was day. in the back room with beakers and flasks, mis- mixing up the COVID vaccine. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. Yep. It's gonna be greatest, greatest vaccine ever. Yeah. I mean, and so that that's really what it boils down to is you you, you have these these sides playing with each other, and and that's really what it is. Is mm. that everything? Everything's politicized these days. Everything's politicized, and I complain about this shit all the time, but. You know, I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it too, to be honest. We, you got me. But I honestly think that we are probably more in the middle than most people. Like, I can totally sympathize with a lot of the left's arguments. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I guess pro-choice, right? But yet, you know, like I can understand. Now, how come you guess? Well, because I haven't had, I haven't experienced need needing to use it. But I, I guess I'm pro-choice. I, I shouldn't say I guess. Maybe that's just like kind of a. A bad word choice, but well, I'm uh, just I'm just pressing you a little because, bit because because here's the thing is that I think more rights and more liberty more liberties are better than the government saying you can't do this because it's you know this like you know I think most drugs should be legal even though I don't do them you know anymore you know but like why is there a government saying that you can't do this or that you know mm-hmm. you can you can drink alcohol you can smoke weed but yet you can't you know buy prescriptions over the counter you can't uh, you know I mean do psychedelics you know and, and obviously Oregon's kind of leading the way on that but like why why are they big daddy telling you not to do it mm-hmm. why do they control that why are they saying hey you woman with this uh you know uh fetus in your body why why can't you get rid of that you know if you if it's your choice mm-hmm. you know so but, then, but, but I think the case to be made there is for that fetus is right you know because I think I think um, but I you know, mean, leading it, country. But it doesn't know. But 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 it doesn't know. But neither does a retarded guy. Should we just get rid of them? Should we just abort them? They don't. It depends know. how much you value they don't life. Know any better. Do you think life is Th- precious? That's the question. Exactly. Because I that's know the... a lot of people who don't think life is precious. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's why I kind of say. And I, I bet I bet all those are young people too. No, it's it's older liberal women. You know, mm, because okay. I, and, I guess it's hard for me to. Because here's the thing, if you, especially nowadays, if you out, let's say you were to ban abortions, what's going to happen? You're going to have underground, unsafe abortions, and you're going to have healthcare for women that... Are you sure about that, though? I do. I mean, because it's already... I mean, what what if what if women just started stepping up to the plate and didn't let random dudes from yeah. Bumble and Twitter or uh, and Tinder yeah. blow loads into them sex, with yeah. unprotected, yeah. you know, yeah. what yeah. if they yeah. just step up to the yeah, plate? Yeah, personal responsibility, right? Yeah. But that comes yeah. to what we were talking about now is the breakdown of family. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it, it is tough. And that's, I guess, why I said I guess earlier, because without kind of diving deep on this subject, it, it kind of goes down to your right, rights and freedoms. You know, do you want the government uh, stepping in and saying, you can't do this? We're banning it. We're making it illegal. We're making it a crime to now do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or yeah. do you just say, "Hey, we let let there be freedoms. Let there be rights." You know, some people aren't going to think it's right, but if you are pro life, then guess what? You don't have to have an abortion, mm-hmm. right? Just like if you're, if just like you don't smoke or you don't drink, 
don't smoke or don't drink. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, 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 I guess it's kind of like, does it affect that other person? Now mm-hmm. I get the whole, yeah. you know, I mean, because here's but what thing, if, at conception, a clump of cells is the size of a, you know, dime. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still a clump of cells. I mean, you're a clump of cells. But, you're a big clump but of that's, cells. But that's, you know, that's true. But that's something that has a lot of potential though. Yeah. That, no, thing, and I get that it. little thing I get has it. a lot and of potential. And that's why I kind of, I'm, I waver. I, I really, I, you know, mm-hmm. I sit on the fence a lot of stuff because, yeah. you know, to hang your hat on something means that you are so sure that you can't be convinced otherwise. Yeah. And I don't think that if someone sat me down and said, hey, like, this is what I think that I couldn't sympathize with that with yeah. that viewpoint. There's not a lot of shit that's that clear these days. No, it's there, not. There's definitely not. not, you know. There's, because there's good Everybody, th- everybody wants to think it's black and white, but it's not. There's so there's uh, honestly the vast majority is probably gray area out yeah, there. Yeah, for you sure. Know, and no nuance, right? You know, and that's a, mm-hmm. you know, but, it is tough. But, that, but and that's a really hot. But I mean, yeah, that like is a tough, tough issue because you have such strong emotional responses to when people talk about abortion or you know drugs and crime and and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's tough for me, and 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 like I was saying, is I have not had to experience needing to, you know, having a one night stand with someone who ends up getting pregnant with someone you don't know. And I just don't think there is a, you know, yeah, but you haven't experienced that, you know, because maybe you didn't put yourself in that bad situation. Exactly. That's right. Maybe no. you did the right very things rarely, to rarely, not be so, in that, yeah, very you know, rarely. close to that. And but even when I did, it was with people that I trusted mm-hmm. enough that, yeah, uh, you know, when they you say they're on the pill, you, you believe them, right? Yeah, so, and if not, you know, yeah. you'll have to figure something out. You know, I actually not to do my own heart, but I've never had a one night stand. Oh, really? Like I've never had, I've never brought a girl home from the bar and had a one night stand. And you know, my my body count is you know pretty low, not not crazy low, not <laughs> two and three, count. but like you know what I mean. It's sub fifteen, and I'm a thirty six year old guy. It's who, I mean, you know, honestly, the one night stand, it's it's not really something to brag about. I mean, I guess if it's like a smoking hot chick. Right, yeah. You if you're like, pulling, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. You know. But, but, if you're but it's not like, I mean, there's there's douchebags that will. Yeah. I'm not saying that never happens. I'm just saying that in general, it's probably not like a, you know, I mean, anytime you get laid as a guy, you're like, oh. Yeah, I think you in know, movies, you're, it's you're, like you're riding cool, high, right? you know, yeah. yeah. But, but like reality, For sure. it's like, oh, you brought home some For sure. skag from yeah. the bar. yeah. But no, I want to come back to something you yeah, said. Uh, you were, you were talk- talking about you were talking about how you don't want the government telling people that they they can't do something. They yeah. don't have freedom. And I think we should have. And I and I and I've fallen in. Yeah. I've fallen into that category before. I certainly agree. Here's my problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think the government should be telling me that I can't go live in normal society without getting their poke. For sure. You know. For sure. But we're moving in a direction where that's not going to be the case here really no, it, soon. It, it is I mean, moving fast and, too. And, and you know, again, to come back to, <laughs> to come back to a metaphor that I said, yeah, the chap. To come back to a metaphor that I already used today, the fucking barbarians at the gate on this one. Okay, like they're ready, they're ready to pounce. You know, like they're setting up, everybody's sharpening their swords, mm-hmm. and they're coming for this shit. You know, Inslee, he just just starting tomorrow. All K through twelve teachers got to be vaxxed. Wow. And new mask mandate for the entire state now. That's scary. For the entire state. And you know how many my people... My body, my choice. Where is that now? It, you know? it doesn't apply here. It yeah. doesn't apply here, okay? Yeah, Not anymore. Because it's for your safety. Which yeah. Is, we're, 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 we're keeping you safe, which okay? Which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Because we know plenty of people... I know plenty of people who've had the vaccine and have got COVID and then were, were actually very uh, affected by it. It wasn't lessened symptoms, as they like to say. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, and, and we're, we're to that point now. New mask mandate. And again, this is all coming from... You know what the seven-day running average of deaths is it's in like Washington State? Three hundred, maybe. No, three. No, it's twenty. We're at like 20. nineteen. Wow, that's nineteen yeah. people are dying a day, which 
Every, maybe it was 300 a week or every, something like that, yeah. Every, every one of those is a tragedy. Don't get me wrong. Every one of those deaths is a tragedy. But 20 people a day are dying in the state. And so now the other 7 million of us have to go to Costco with a dirty rag on our face yeah. because of it, you know. And it's such bullshit. We already talked about this last week, so we won't get too into it. But all this is is just a way for our leaders and our rulers to feel like they have a solution to this problem. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, just do the thing. Look at last year, June June 8th. That's when the mask mandate started in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Right after that, literally right after that, there was a huge spike in cases. Yeah. Huge spike right after. Yeah. So it's like, what, what did we do? What did we do? Those 20 people a day who are dying. Let's talk about uh, the, ty- the, the health of those people. You know, I'm looking at here, uh, people with obesity are two times more likely to have breathing problems and hospitalizations. People younger than 60 with obesity have shown to be two times more likely to be admitted to the hospital due to illness from COVID-19. Um, yeah, you're, you know, obesity, a BMI, body mass index of 30 or greater, you're three times more likely to be admitted to the hospital due to COVID-19 infection. So, you know, they want to talk about, like, the vaccines, the only... Uh, the you got to get it. You have only, to do uh, it. Solution when it's like in reality, it's just like our health as a society, as a nation, has gone to shit, isn't it? Like I think it's like I want to say like seventy percent of adults are obese now. It's I, it, I I'm pretty sure it's over fifty. Like, I mean the the definition know, of obese. Yeah, it's only like twenty five pounds overweight or thirty. Or it's 40. it's it's not. Yeah, it's it's, Which isn't hard it's a little do, bit lighter yeah. than yeah. you think. Yeah, especially yeah. for somebody who's a little bit taller. You yeah. know, somebody's like six foot, six foot two, six foot three. Well, not it's like to have thirty extra pounds. Greek god, you know. What I mean? but, yeah, for sure. But like even me or you, like we're in great shape. Uh, I we both could trim slim down. Like I know I could. I'm not care- my my. Uh, I'm still in like the one percent of body uh, BMI, but like I You're still look, I still look at my body and I'm like, well, there is still fat. You yeah. know what I mean? You could lean down, mm. and, it, and not like you need to be absolutely shredded. But if we're talking about peak physical health, well, I'm not at it because of you know the you know because of this, this and this. Now yeah. multiply that over people who are actually you know like 10, 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight. Well, then you have, you know, then you have a real problem. You know yeah. what I mean? When it comes... People aren't taking it serious. That's the problem. No, definitely not. And like you said, they're not bringing this up enough. You know, like this is important shit. And yeah, Joe Rogan is talking about it with some of his, uh, with some of his guests. But in general, this shit isn't being talked about at all. But I always like to put it when it comes to my weight. I actually went to the gym recently and weighed myself. And I was a little surprised. I was right. a little higher than I was. Yeah. You know, I'm, like you said, you're 36. I'm going to be 36 in a couple of weeks. We're to the point now where it's like, even us skinny guys can't necessarily count on that metabolism no, no. as we did as we could ten years ago. Yeah, you know. So we're gonna have to keep fucking working hard to get to this point. That being said, the way I look at my health, I've always kind of looked at it as I should be able to put on an emergency fifteen pounds and not be like a completely different person right. at that point. Yeah, you know. And I'm on the borderline. I think I could still probably do it. If I put on an emergency 15, I'd be like right around 190, a little bit more. So, you know, not fat, yeah. but I definitely wouldn't be skinny anymore yeah. at that point. Yeah, you know? once you lose your abs, uh, that, you know, technically you are carrying more weight because, you know, you're, if you are 
if you are appropriately lean, then you know your abs. You should see something. You should see something. You should. It's not like abs or everything. I'm not saying that, but yeah. it is a good indicator of body fat that where you're, you're at. Around. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. and, and I think you know when I was on the pod last week, I was just starting my my fitness journey, which I started about three, almost four years ago, and dude, I've still been just you know I, my whole diet has changed. You know, even from then, it's just evolved even more. You know, I I. I cook literally at almost every meal. You know, I obviously still eat out quite a bit, but like, yeah, I'm eating it's hard teriyaki. Not I'm not eating. I, I don't even know when the last time I've had McDonald's and all that stuff is because, you know, it just doesn't. Once you start eating right, once you prep a couple meals and you realize how good the food is and how satiated you are after you eat it, going to McDonald's literally makes you feel bad. Yeah. You know, and the fact that so many people are getting their nutrition from fast food and that that's perfectly okay. But yet, not. But yet, you know, cooking your own meals, being healthy, and not getting the jab is not okay. And mm-hmm. that you're a risk yeah. to people. It's like mm-hmm. no people who are obese are more uh, taxing on the healthcare system than any other person in this whole country. Yeah, you know, well, and you're living unhealthy. Like, like you can't, you can't be five foot eight. And weigh two hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, that's not healthy. And think that you're going to be. You're okay. dying. Yeah, you're you're in a bad place. Yes. Okay, and Your again, like you're saying, like I don't want to tell. I don't want the government to be telling people what they can't do. Yeah, I don't want the government, like you said, to be telling people that they can't go to McDonald's. Yes. I don't think that they should, or if they do, they should make that a very yeah. rare occasion. But I don't think we need to be mandating choice. that. But yeah, exactly. But you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna mandate me to get this jab. Well then, okay. How about we mandate you hitting the treadmill for thirty minutes, right, three yes, times a yes, week? How yes. about that? Are you cool with that? Yeah. Is that cool now? Because that's going to help the system that's just as much. That's a great point. Just that that you're, yeah. you're totally right there. It's like, and I'd have no problem with that. To say that public safety is number one, and public health is number one, but yet you're going to allow people to literally be uh, stagnant with their bodies and their minds, and and say that this vaccine is going to be you know, the most healthy thing for you. Just, just take that little lie. poke, this little poke, you know, you know it'll be over the, in it, one minute. It literally, and I, I brought it up earlier with the Kamal Harris thing and, you know, and, and, uh, them saying, well, if Trump tells me to take this, I'm not, but then if, if public health officials tell me I will, yeah, you know, Fauci it, says it though. yeah. And, uh, you know, that's on Joe Biden. That's on his handlers. That's on his presidency. And I mean, we talked about this earlier, but you can even look at, uh, you know, just everything that is being that it revolves around his presidency is 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 essentially fake. I mean, it's censored to the craziest degree. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, we talked about how the U, the White House YouTube channel is literally getting ratioed on every single video. Every fucking video. It's you so know? crazy. And yeah, they're getting to the point now where you almost got to wonder if they're deleting some of those dislikes. Oh, for sure. Too. For sure. Oh you yeah. They're, There's they're never turning, comments. Never comments as well. How is the White House YouTube page censoring comments? That is insane. That is like the opposite of America. Yeah. Right there. Remember, remember when Trump was this authoritarian dictator? Right, yes. You know, because yeah. he did all these things. Yet now, yeah, Joe Biden has a speech on Afghanistan and he fucking takes off he takes off from that thing like he's running the four by one hundred at the Olympics. No questions. You know? Yeah. Boom. Just yeah. skeets out of there. It's and, like and not only that, but flip flops, right? Like we do not trust the Taliban. We do not trust them. And yeah. then later on like, Well, you know, they're moderate. Yeah, they're moderate. They have promised us that they will yeah. allow Americans to safely pass through to yeah, the airport or whatever. Fine. Yeah. So it's it's uh you know and 
and let's touch on this too about um, the election results. I did want to touch on that because I'm not. Jesus, Darren, you're trying to get us kicked off YouTube yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. I'm not a huge, you know, election fraud guy because I haven't really, you know, to pull something like that off would be, I think, incredibly difficult, you know. But the reality is, is that you don't need to have this massive voter fraud. You only needed to have. Um, you know, a small percentage go your way to swing some of these states. Mm -hmm. And you have people uh, like Seth Meyers on, uh, you know, the Late Show or whatever. I forget what he does. But he's saying that, you know, to audit the uh, election is pathetic and sad and a last-ditch last <laughs> effort by the GOP to, you know, try to overturn this thing. But yet they literally spent three years with the Russia hoax thing that was blatantly false cooked up by a steel dossier that was fake yeah you know mm -hmm. and 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 yet that wasn't sad and pathetic to run for three yeah. years i yeah. mean it was three years and people still believe that that was true like oh yeah they, know, have, they haven't given up for like sure. oh no he meddled like he did this he did that it's like yeah not in the way you're saying mm -hmm. you know like i do believe that there was the 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 ad campaign the cambridge analytica thing where like he i'm not sure if it was trump exactly but like they, they did run ads that targeted basically memes of Hillary and this and stuff. Like, I do believe that was true, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But here's the, th here's the thing, though. Like, you're talking about Seth Seth Myers. Why why is anybody against an audit? Why, why are you guys against this audit? If this guy is so much better than Trump, if Trump is so terrible, yeah. then why don't you just have the audit? Do you, do, you, do you honestly feel that these guys are going to be going back counting the numbers and they're going to be adding some fake ballots in there, yeah. you know, to change the so numbers stupid, at this yeah. point? Like when everybody, when the scrutiny of the world is on this shit yeah. and it's like the third time we're looking through, like, why are you so against this? Yeah. Like what, if it was so clear Why not? Like, why not make sure? Why not? Yeah. Votes. What Come the on. heck? Who cares? Yeah. Why not make sure? And then after it's done, you can be like, ha, see, wow, don't you guys feel silly? Yeah, what a waste don't of you? Time. Yeah, and don't then, you guys yeah. feel silly now? And then, and and that just kind of shows you where we're at with this whole process. But yeah, dude, the the it's it's incredibly anecdotal. I I won't dispute that. But the ratio thing yeah. on on YouTube is crazy. Yeah, it's every single yeah. video. And you can't it's tell me that every single video. You can't tell me that there's more conservative right-leaning people on YouTube than there are left like look at the content on YouTube it is dominated by left left uh, I guess progressive left and left leaning I, ideals you know I'd be mean? curious to look at the exact numbers because there's a case to be made that YouTube is a bastion for conservative views there's certainly a case to be made for that but I think all in all if you look at the con the content I think it's at worst, it's a pretty fair split. It's a pretty even split, you know, 50-50, 50% liberal, 50% conservative. But still, these these videos, again, they're getting ratioed. It's like five to one. Yeah, dislikes, no, I mean, yeah, dislikes crazy, to likes. And, and five if you to look one. At, it's hard to get a dislike on videos. Like if you look at most content, like you gotta piss people go off. to music, go to, uh, you know, whatever, construction, go to, you know, cars and this and that. Like to get dislikes, like because you got to go out of your way to like, dislike a video you know yeah. most people putting content on in youtube is good content they want to see you know it's it's fun stuff it's cool stuff it's interesting stuff to yeah. get that many dislikes is it's just like knee-jerk reaction mm -hmm. for these people on these white House well and if, pe and, if pe and if people are just bored you know yeah. if they're just bored with your video and they're just they're, they're just gonna go they're just gonna go on to the next one yeah they're not gonna oh i'm gonna okay, make sure yeah. to let them know that this was really boring yeah, and i didn't enjoy it. no they're just pfft. Yeah. Okay, next one. I'm done with this. Later. Yeah, yeah. Right. they. Yeah, you're right. They're putting the dislike because you said something, and they're like, 
what the fuck is yeah. this guy talking about? Is he being serious with this shit? Yeah. No, I don't think no. so. And if you really look at Joe Biden speaking, you cannot tell me that you think he's confident. You cannot tell me. I mean, he is bumbling, stumbling. He is staring blankly into a monitor, a teleprompter. His eyes look so dead when he's reading some of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. he, I don't even, I mean, he probably honestly doesn't even hear what he's saying. He's yeah. just simply reading words with, you know, a straight face, yeah. right? Yeah, you're like, how much Adderall do they feed this guy before this fucking press oh, he's, conference? Oh, he's yeah. more Adderall than Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, he, I, he, yeah. he probably was doing something oh, for God, sure. Oh, God, Trump. No, no he, question, he doesn't but, drink, but I guarantee he's but, fucking sped up. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no. No question with Joe Biden. It's like, this guy... Did you hear the uh, the George Stephanopoulos interview? No. They cut... Uh, Daily Wire actually put it up on their website. They cut... Over 900 words that he said in that interview. Oh, I think I did. Re- I did hear something. And about some that, of yeah. them, they're like in the middle of a sentence. It's like four or five words that he said in the middle of a sentence that just didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And then they cut that shit out. You know, it's like so. What? It's all choppy and glitchy. Looking just all like, yeah. over the place, dude. Yeah. All over the place. Like some in some portions, there's a whole paragraph that they just took out. They're like, uh, that didn't have to fucking do with anything we were yeah, talking he's about. Just so rambling and, yeah, like it's like you guys are still running cover for this guy when we're talking about. People in Afghanistan fighting for their lives. We're talking about potentially 10,000 Americans who are still trapped in Afghanistan who don't know if they're going to be able to get out or not. And you guys are running cover for this fucking guy. Think of it was Trump. Again, we talked about this last week on the podcast, but I'm saying it again. If this was Trump, there'd be torches and pitchforks at the White House. They'd be, we get this guy, not not only does he need to go, but he needs to go to the gallows. Yeah. You know? It's so scary. And and just the media bias and. One thing we'll touch on too is that, uh, you know, the the media and now corporations. The media used to be uh, kind of like the strong arm for corporations. Now it's the corporations are now now they're strong, teamed up. Yeah, big tech, with, yes. big tech, and yes. and the media. You know, yeah, now they're teamed up. Now what the media doesn't like now these corporations are being basically the strong arm for these for the media. You know mm-hmm. they're. Yep. They're saying, hey, Twitter you know, gets Twitter gets yes. rid of the Hunter Biden laptop story right before the election. Yep. And what do you know? Nobody on the mainstream media talks about it either. Nope. Nobody's got a fucking word to say about no, it. No, they literally I mean they literally censored the the articles put out by who was it? Was it the New York Post? New York Post, yeah, yeah. New York Post. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't even share that. You couldn't even do a private DM to one of your friends and be like, holy shit, man, did you see the story? This yep. is kind of fucking crazy. And, Two weeks before the election. And to think that a non-elected person could ban the sitting president off of something like that and i get the argument you know hey it's a private company it's twitter they can ban who they want but when you have literally like hamas and you know the taliban taliban uh uh, spokespeople on twitter basically saying death to america death to americans whatever uh you know don't call me on exactly that but i know there's stuff up i'm sure they said it once or twice you know and, and then you're banning trump for inciting violence when if you Look at what he tweeted. Like, go to the archives and show me where he incited violence with any yeah, of that. Well, I remember clear. I was talking to someone, and the, and I was like, "Do you think it's a good thing that Trump was banned banned off Twitter? They are liberal. They are left leaning. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not progressive left because they still believe in Second Amendment rights, freedom of speech to a, you know to a degree, obviously because they yeah. they supported the banning. You know, they were like, "I think it's a good thing." Yeah. Um. And I go, okay. Well, let's let's read through the treat tweets. I went through the archives because, you know, there's deleted tweets that when Trump tweets something, it instantly goes to an archive, right? Yeah. Like, he could delete it, but it's still going to be... A certain amount of people are going to screenshot readable. that, No, it, it literally goes to an archive. There's yeah. a website set up. Uh, I could, you could Google it. It's really easy to find. Hmm. Um, and 
and she was saying like, well, yeah, he said go storm the Capitol. And I went and read through the tweets, literally nothing. In fact, he says pretty much the exact opposite. He says peacefully and, yeah. you know. We're going to march. Patriarch, and, and, and peacefully. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's it, it's so funny. And, and, and so if you can't have some sort of liberty to say, you know, what you want on there as a sitting president, you know, and then you're going to ban them. That is just so un-American. And that, the, that people would support that from unelected officials mm-hmm. that's just crazy to me like yeah. that is so wrong yeah and that from, is hip, so scary from hipster rasputin jack dorsey be, yes because like you know they like it because it's happening to trump well what happens when it's your guy do you think it's going to be right and they're going to say no mm-hmm. but because it's trump and because they the media has spun his words and spun all this into inciting violence you know it wasn't it, we're talking about a takeover of one day Right where they stormed the Capitol, they didn't do three hours. They didn't do anything. Three hours. They honestly their didn't business do and guess was what? The interrupted. The Capitol building is our fucking building. Yeah, we. It is as American citizens, that is our building. Yeah, it's not some private business owner that down the just, corner yes, who put his whole life savings windows. into yes, this. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, two, what is it? The two two billion or two trillion? What was? It? No, two, two billion. Two billion. Okay, two billion dollars. Crazy, but yeah, two yeah. billion dollars worth of damages, and that's just insurance claims. What about all the people who didn't do the insurance claims yeah. or? Or the stuff that got swept under the rug, or the stuff that maybe was like a broken window graffiti that they basically business owners just fixed themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just it's just crazy. But that was mostly peaceful while they're filming a burning car and, and overturned police cars. But but yet it was an insurrection when mm-hmm. when you know a hundred bad apples. Because here's the yeah. thing: I don't agree with what they did. No. I think that they should be charged, and I think that they should kind of be made an example of because there's ways you do things. And that was not it. You do yeah. not, uh, you know, because that was violent, but, and it was unnecessary too. Like you didn't need to, that's not how you, uh, stop a, a count. Right? No, that's not, not these how days. You do it. It's not going to do it. Yeah, I know. But, but yeah, you got these people who, yeah, they're the worst of the worst. And it was, it was an attack on democracy yeah. because the guy with the horn hat yeah, was, they're jokers, right? was, like, look yeah. at them. I mean, they, they were, they're LARPing. Scapegoat. They're, they're just, scapegoat these guys are just LARPing. They're like, yeah. oh, we're going to do it. You know, yeah, this time, whatever. Feet up on the, on the desk of whoever Pelosi or yeah. this or that. Yeah. So I mean, it's were, like and, to, and, to, and to even put these in the same category is insane. We don't support those people. Exactly. We're not on their side. Like, I don't agree with what they did, but, but at the same time, I can look at it and see this, these are two different things. Yes, we're talking about two thing. completely different things. We don't support things. those people. We don't think that what they were doing is right. Mm-hmm. But with all the, the protests and the burning and the looting, mm-hmm. people were literally saying, this is what needs to happen. Oh, Like well, literally, people were like, fight violence with violence. Shit needs to burn. We need to deconstruct this system and start from beginning. It's like, I want to tell these people like, you are not ready for change like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, these people all want change. Yeah. But they will literally do nothing extra yeah. to 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 make that change happen. Yeah. I mean, talk about uh, um, privilege, right? Yeah, is looting, rioting, and demanding change when you yourself are not even close to ready to make that change to be a part of that. Nor yeah. do you have the knowledge or make that sacrifice to to uh, to change anything for the better. I mean, you can these people that were looting and rioting. Uh, in, probably don't have two nickels to rub together, but yet they think they know how to change the financial system, the yeah. government system, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's absurd. It's like, that's so, uh, like, what, what's the word? Uh, like, you're just, 
you know, you're full of yourself, right? If you think that you know the solution to these super yeah, complex nuanced issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like you said, like we don't agree with the guys who were storming the Capitol. Like, I don't agree with that shit. What was the goal? What were we going to accomplish there? Yeah. What's it? But at the same time, if you talk to people who are on the left about the BLM riots, if you talk to them about that, I bet a majority, probably not a big majority, probably somewhere in like the 50 to 65 percent category would say i would say well you know what i don't agree with how they did it but i agree with the message that they're trying to get by like yeah i don't agree with it but i agree with the message and here's the thing with saying that if you want to say that if you agree with the message that they're getting by that this country is terrible it's racist it's sexist black people can't get ahead what else are we supposed to do but burn the fucking thing down and just start fresh what other way around there is there if you agree with that message? Yeah. So if you agree with the message at that point, then you agree yeah, with the like tactics. Your hands aren't clean just because, yeah. yeah you, you agree, agree with those with tactics. Message, but you don't what else are we supposed to do? Happened, if the yeah. whole system is rotten to the core, what else are we supposed to do? Then just burn it down. Yeah. What, what other way is there? Yeah. I mean, because, so, yeah, small incremental change would never be good enough. No, know? it's rotten to the core, dude. Yeah. This is thing is terrible to the inside of it. Yeah. Even so, though, uh, you know, the it comes down to personal responsibility and personal choice. And we're not, you know, I'm in the camp of kind of like, you know, I get it, you know, inner city, inner city kids who, uh, are disadvantaged, not only socio economic or economic wise, I should say. And, you know, uh, you know, lots of crime, lots of gang activity, drugs. Like I get it. Like there is, you're up against it. But if someone were to tell you like, Hey, if you do these two things like if you commit crime if you don't get an education if you if you do this you're going to end up in trouble and you continue to do that well then at some point like your personal responsibility and personal choice have to outweigh that you mm-hmm. know what i mean otherwise yes you're just going to continue the cycle yeah you know what i mean and it, and it happens with everybody too i mean uh poor white people who turn to drugs and turn to crime and end up in in and out of jail and have kids out of wedlock and family breakdown structure like they don't have it any easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it, it really comes down to uh, personal choice and the leaders of the culture, whether it be white culture, black culture, need to step up and do more. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. mean, really. like Try to affect there change is people within with their so, own group. You know, yeah. people with so much money. You talk about Bezos. Like, this guy could, could be putting his money where his mouth is and changing a lot in this world. You know, LeBron James, these people, these super rich athletes – these rich business owners, uh, both black and white, should be doing more, in my opinion. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't think they should be mandated to do more through taxing and all that stuff. I just yeah. think they should take it as a personal responsibility to to put their money where their mouth is and change this system with with you know with money that they you know with their money. You yeah. know what I mean? Put put their money where their mouth is because that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah, you said earlier you mentioned that you know anybody can have a chance to get ahead in this country. I agree with that. The ra- the way I equate it at this point is, you know, I I know people would ha- would take issue with that, but the way I equate it is a track race, you know, and it's a long race, you know, it's the 10 it's the 10,000 meter. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking 10, 15, 20 laps here. Like this isn't a short race. Yeah. And so what happens is you have people who start further ahead. No question about that, you know, you're in a you're in a wealthy family. There's economic privilege in this country. For you're you're sure, born you're, you're born into a wealthy family. You're gonna have some opportunities that nobody else has. No question about that. Okay, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a little bit of a lead on some other people. But 
at the same time, again, if we're talking a 10,000 meter race, you got a lot of laps to catch that guy, you know? And if that guy is not motivated because everything's been handed to him with a silver spoon, he's going to get tired, okay? He's been, hit, he's been hitting that vape pen way too many times. Okay. His lungs aren't working that good. He's going to get tired. So you have a chance to pass him at some point, okay? And yeah, you got to work from behind, but nobody's nobody's going to hold you back. Once that, once that gun fires off, it's every man for himself, okay? Yep. What do you got? What can you do? How hard are you willing to work? Yep. How lot, much do you want to put into this? A lot of people think that rich people are holding poor people down. When in reality, rich people are paying poor people's salaries. Exactly, you know I mean? and they're and they're paying the vast they're majority of taxes. Rich people are not. Yes, I mean we could. That's easy. I mean, they, people they, think Jeff Bezos is stealing from everybody. Yeah. he's not stealing. I don't like the guy. Okay, yeah. I hate sticking up for him. But you know what? All you assholes have a package coming from him every fucking day at your house. Day, yep. Okay, so don't sit here and bitch to me about him. Okay, I don't nothing. He doesn't send anything to my house. At the same time, I I understand the guy has a product that everybody wants to use. All the time, so that's worth something, guys. Yep. Sorry, how much? Like you said, all and these if people it wasn't that have him, it would be someone else. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, it's like somebody exactly wants to exactly. take the pinnacle of of uh, of commerce here and and judge him. When in reality, if it wasn't him, someone would just step up to the next next level. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about you know loopholes and this and that, and like you know Apple not paying federal taxes and this and that, but they still generate massive amounts of money for this country yes and you talk about people who don't have two nickels to rub who together who yeah. you know want to change want to ch- on society want to change fact, the yeah. whole system right. and you say, yeah how many people's lives have you made better no. huh yeah how many how many people have you made their living situation better including yourself right so yeah. you want to get on bezos case well you don't have to go to the fucking grocery store you don't have to go to the department store that shit will come right to your house you can sit on your fucking yeah, couch you're saving money you don't have to burn one calorie yeah. and that shit will show up for you so yeah. you know say what you will maybe that maybe society's better for that maybe it's not that's a different argument but nonetheless, that man has has created a service that you are utilizing. Yep. And, so and he we, deserves something if, for that. If, and if it wasn't something that was super beneficial, it wouldn't get used and it wouldn't be this popular. That's why I say it's kind of like next man up. Uh, and and one last thing to touch on we, we, about crypto and, and kind of getting on tangent here is like we talked about Tether, right? Is It just reminded me of it is that if Tether is, you know, so bad for crypto and it does tank, uh, like you know, basically tether like the it's super inflated. It's kind of like next man up, you know what I mean. So it's next exchange up. It's next you know next person to uh, kind of define that um, that space. You know what I mean. And yeah. that that's kind of the same thing. I mean, Amazon's no different than than the next person down below. You know, mm-hmm. if Amazon fails, someone steps up and takes his spot. Yeah, exactly. You know so I mean? or or it, it doesn't even Amazon doesn't even need to fail technically. I mean they have. They have the power of scale on their side at this point. You yeah. know, they've built up such an infrastructure that they have things that other companies can't compete with. That doesn't mean that somebody can't necessarily do this better down the line, you know, and people say, oh, shit, uh, fuck, look, look at, uh, buy hop, whatever the fuck you want, dot com. on the train. I mean, dude, there's people out there. I actually just talked to a buddy. Um, we can wrap it up here soon, but I just talked to a buddy. He works for Amazon. He's in charge of the Japanese side of distribution. There's a guy out there. He makes, I think it was twenty five million a month, or two fifty a million a month. I can't. I think we'll go with twenty five million, so I don't exaggerate. But he makes twenty five million dollars a month selling embroidered pillows and and stuff like that, embroidered curtains to people in Japan. So it's like, 
you're telling me you can't hop on with with Amazon and and do just as well. Maybe yeah. you're not making. Maybe you're not a hundred billionaire like whatever Bezos. No, but yeah, like, no, no, we all can't you know, be that. But that doesn't mean no. you can't be successful from no, it. Yeah, exactly. if you get involved. So it just takes work. It takes a little luck, and it takes, I think, personal responsibility and personal choice. That's really what it boils down to. And I think that's something that we've shied away from in the last five to ten years in this country. And I think if we're going to get back on the right track, that's something that we definitely have to embrace. You know, because we talked about COVID, we talked about personal finance and it, and it blends into all this, you know, it's like, yep. you have to decide what's best for you and what's best for your personal situation, yep. you know, and that's, and that's the beauty of capitalism. It doesn't always work out perfectly, but you know what, when it's individual people making individual choices for themselves, they're probably going to know better than Dr. Fauci. I mean, he might be the greatest yeah. doctor since Jill Biden. He might be a cute little guy. But, I can't really believe how many but times I've heard that. Still, I don't think I don't think he I don't think he really knows what's best for every individual. No, and especially where, where the melting pot, you know, it's like what what might be good for you is not good for this person living over here. But I will say this, we can end on this. How much is an ounce of gold right now? 1700, 1800. 1775. Okay. Basically. I am going to buy. I'm going to take $1700 out of my crypto portfolio. I'm going to buy an ounce of gold. You take $1,700 of gold. Oh, damn it. Damn Bitcoin. it, damn it. Take a shot on maybe one of these smaller cap coins, ah. and you might be able to, you know, might be able to blow up on it. And let's let's come back in one year and see where we're at. Tell you, tell you what I'll do. Tell you what I'll do. If, if you beat me in our fantasy football league this year, mm. then I'll take you up on that offer. You're going to you're going to buy you're going to buy some gold regardless. Yep. Okay. I yep. know you are. So, if if you beat me in our fantasy football league, then I will take you up on that. And you also said, that? you said there's nothing sexy about gold. I think there is. I think when you hold those really? those gold bullions and those those plates, you got you something. Them together, kind of like, you got you know, something. Yeah. You know you have something. You're like yeah. you're like there's somebody out here who would yeah. want this. They well, they would give at, me something for that. When you open your Coinbase account and you look at you look at that graph <laughs> and you're looking at, you know, like for instance, this is get people excited about this. My portfolio in a month ago, okay, one one month ago, my portfolio was worth eleven thousand two hundred dollars. It is now worth twenty four thousand dollars in one month. Mm-hmm. Now I have put in a few more dollars, like I said, about fifteen. So I have made put some in, deposits. So, so we're talking, but there's a big move. 000. I mean, you look at, you look at the price of Bitcoin. We're at yeah. forty nine. Yeah, it was it was down at twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, uh, a and month that's ago. where I bought. I, you, you know. know? But that's where dollar cost averaging comes in. Yeah, that's so where it paid off. I think everybody You should always there, dollar cost average. Do you, your you shouldn't own research, blow, too. Don't yes. blow your whole load no. at one point, yes. you know. If you have $10,000 like, to invest, I would say do 500 a week for the next, you know, whatever, 20 weeks, right? Yeah. I told I told Darren my, my most recent purchase of silver. I'm pretty sure I ran them the numbers like four times and I'm pretty sure that the lady at the shop charged me less than spot price, you yeah. know? And so like and so like the, the yeah. No, it wasn't I didn't buy that much. Yeah. But so the greedy the greedy guy in me, the Gordon Gecko inside of me was like, I should go back there and buy every single one of those that they had. Just clean them out. I should But at the same time, there's nothing I told you before we started, there's nothing that says that gold can't go down to twenty or silver, excuse me, yep. can't go down to twenty dollars an ounce before it goes up to thirty. Okay. Yep. So so if it goes down to twenty I could buy all those out and it's still a moot point. I'm yep. still going to be down from where I'm at. So yeah, you know, dip, dip your toe in 5% at a time, you know, yes. don't go crazy you guys. And again, really if you want to get involved crazy. in crypto, that's fine. Get a little bit of your portfolio. Slow and if you want to get involved so in gold and emotion. silver, that's great. A little bit of your portfolio, you know, you're, you're heavily in crypto. I'm heavily in gold and silver. I mean, you're, you're pretty heavy in crypto. I'm heavier 
in gold and That's silver. Awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm even heavier in gold and silver, and I don't suggest that for but everybody else. The thing is, I would say that that is exponentially safer. And, and That's where I'm at too with my investing right now. It's the only thing I feel decent about. Isn't there, you know? But but the returns in in, in you know on the contrary, right? Is the returns? Yeah. Probably aren't going to be there. Although less I risk, have read less a lot reward. Of stuff about you know gold going upwards of five, ten thousand dollars. I mean, it's possible. Next, you know, so it's, it's possible. It's, but that's where I'm at, though. It's the only thing I'm looking at right now in the invest in the in the markets, and it's the only thing that I kind of feel somewhat good about. I'm not even. Yeah. You know, again, I'm I'm heavy, okay. And again, I don't I don't suggest that for other people. For most but people's you've been situation, in for a while, though, right? you've I have been, been in so, for a while. So and for most people's situation, I I would say an allocation to gold and silver of five to ten percent is healthy. That's a healthy amount of money to have. It's a hedge against inflation. We got Biden who Great wants to print value. who wants to print ten trillion dollars this fucking year. You know, like it's just crazy. But I'm I'm an even heavier than that. But at the same time, it's it's just because that's what I feel safe with. That's what I can. That's what that's what I can sleep at, yeah, at night with. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Is what you mentally and emotionally can deal with. Because I know gold's not going to zero. Yep. I know it's not going it's to zero. Impossible, right? it, yeah. There's no way it's going to happen. We know it's not going below a thousand because the price to and that's the thing with Bitcoin. Last thing, and you can have your last word too, is like uh, the price to mine Bitcoin for a big miner is anywhere from eight to fifteen thousand dollars a coin. Mm-hmm. Basically, we know that Bitcoin will probably never go below that ten thousand dollar threshold again because when it does, miners will stop either a, stop mining, mining. Yeah. and then guess what happens? Right, the supply shrinks up. The the demand, you know, if the demand stays similar or whatever, the price yeah, will go up. even close to same yeah. with gold. Gold's never going below a thousand dollars an ounce until we have a major leap in technology that brings that cost hydrogen of mining down. fuel cells right? or yes. something. So yeah. I mean, great yeah, store yeah, exactly. value, and so. you know, as inflation goes on, gold is is key, right? Because, uh, you know, as inflation goes up, you're not going to get cheaper necessarily per dollar to mine gold, right? Like, you know, let's say inflation rises 10%, it's going to be $1,100 to mine that gold. Another 10% is going to be, yeah, 1,200, you know, as it keeps going up. Like, so great, great, uh, yeah, great talking to you. Yeah, no, this has been fun, man. This has been fun. And again, you know, you guys figure out what is right for your personal situation, okay? I can sit here and tell you do this, Darren can tell you do that, but at the end of the day, it's about your personal situation. And that's the beauty of capitalism, in my opinion. What capitalism comes down to, they think, oh, you know, again, we talk about, oh, these greedy corporations steal money from people. No, capitalism for me is individuals like you and me making our own decisions when it comes to our financial well-being and what kind of lifestyle we're going to live. Again, you know, you got people making 30K a year, you got people making 100K a year, a lot of them, they're spinning right to that limit every yeah. time. And that's that's your choice, you know. And I don't – if you're making 100K and you're spending every dollar, I think you're a fool. Me personally. Yeah. I think you're a fool. You're being irresponsible. You're being you. irresponsible yeah. because you, you have higher bills. And the second that income's not there for you, then you're in a lot bigger bigger, bigger hole than the guy had 30K. And now he lost all of his income. He can work nights and weekends. He can pull something together. there's a together. lot more jobs that pay 30 grand than there Exactly. Are He's got a lot more options. So – but you know that's that's capitalism though. It's 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 what what you think Your you risk, deserve, risk, and what do you want to go out there and get for yourself? You know. So we all got to make those decisions for ourselves. But you know, just have a plan. Like Darren said, you guys have a plan. You get into an investment and make sure you add an exit strategy. Make sure you know when you're going to pull the ripcord and say it's time for me to get out of this thing. So just know what you're doing and and have a plan. You know, and it's not always going to work out 100% of the time how the plan wanted, but at least. 
when you have a plan, you know when you got off course. You know when things went awry. You know when, hey, we got to correct this shit. We got to get it back to where we wanted to be here at some point. So, but yeah, and and like we said, guys, anything counts, okay? $25 a month, it, it adds up. It matters, okay? It does. Baby, the baby steps count too, you know? Yep. A they couple count. hundred a month over 30 years with some return is going to be more than you could ever make and save in a regular savings account ever. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? For it's sure. Like For we sure. are dependent on these markets and the sooner you get into them and learn about them and just invest small amounts that are that don't hurt your pocketbook because here's the thing, you do not want to invest money that you will need to take out later mm-hmm. because especially with Bitcoin, if you invest money that you end up needing later, more than likely you're going to be taking out at a loss. Yeah, and you're going to you be know? you're going to be scared exactly. Yep. Something's going to happen, you're going to get spooked yep. and you're going to say fuck, I need this money. I have this big thing coming up. Yep. So yep. so yeah, you know, make sure Small, we, slow, make sure when you get into those kind of investment guys that you have enough time and you're not going to need that money for a while. You know, you got to you got to give these time you got to give these things time to grow. You plant the seed and then you got to get you got to put some water on it. You got to stay on top of it, you got to fertilize it and you got to give it a chance to grow. So, but just 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 get involved, you guys, do something, you know, because again, we're all striving to be an old dude at some point. We're all striving to be that 60, 70 year old at some point and you're in a physical job once you get to that point, you're not going to want to be swinging a hammer anymore. Nope. That doesn't make sense. And you won't be able to. It, just, that's the thing. At the end of the day, you will not be able to do it. So you need to start planning now so that when that point comes, you're ready for it, you know? And, you know, me, the same thing. You know, I, you just, you don't want to get to that point, you know, especially if you have a family, especially if you have people to take care of, where you don't have some means in case something goes wrong. Because, you know, rainy day fund, there's a reason they call it rainy day fund, especially when we live in Seattle. Because we have these fucking rainy days all the time, as yep. opposed to the last two months, actually, you know, where yeah. we really yeah, haven't had any. Summer. But crazy summer. But, I can't yeah. remember a dry summer, but yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's a nice thing, you know, it's definitely nice having some good weather, but yeah, stuff's dry. But, uh, yeah, great company, man. Yeah, no, this was fun, man. Glad we got you in, Darren. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, again, we kind of nerded out here on the whole finance thing. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. But, uh, but yeah, you guys, just like, a, like we said, just, just anything, anything counts, okay? Anything you can put away yep. for a rainy day. Just set it aside. And okay. do your own research. You know, don't listen. This isn't financial advice, but no. this is just financial, ex- uh, personal experience that mm-hmm. that I've it's been anecdotal through, that, evidence that Aaron's been through. I mean, it's yeah. you know. So take care of yourself, you guys. You know, try to live within your means. Try to put a little bit away, save for that rainy day, and uh, you know, just keep taking care of yourself, guys, because nobody else is going to do it for you. At the end of the day, you're responsible for you, and that's it. You're responsible for you and yours. So do whatever you need to do to make the people in your lives, lives better. Yeah. Okay. Totally because true. that's what, that's what matters at the end of the day. That's what's meaningful. That's what counts. It doesn't matter how many Bitcoins. It doesn't matter how many ounces of gold you have. You can't take this shit with you. It's all about making the people in your lives, lives better. Yep. Okay. Quality helping them of life out. is the most important thing. Helping them out. We can preserve their uh, quality of life, preserve your wealth, do what you can guys. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of the Emerald City Podcast. Darren, we appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening, guys. We are out, and we will talk with you soon.